From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, yes, a few clicks away from seven minutes past the hour, TGIF. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how we're going to do it, but let's get right into it. We And what, what I, why I say I don't know how we're going to do it, there are so many important news stories that we want to share with you. And, of course, as we always strive to do as much open forum with you on the phone lines as possible, uh, you will have the entire 7 o'clock hour this morning, the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers. I think it's, well, let me remove the word think. I know it's their biggest event of the year. The John R. Elliott Hero Campaign Walk and Fun Run is this weekend. We'll be talking about that. And in the 9 o'clock hour, uh, an interview that I've been waiting more than 30 years to do. Dave Tiberi, who fought James Tony in the Mark Giettis Arena at then Trump Taj Mahal Casino Resort. It's now... Still the Mark Giettis Arena, but within Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. They fought in February of 1992. I think it's February 8th. Tiberi demolished Tony. Tony had to be helped out of the arena. And they gave the fight one of the crookedest, obviously blatantly corrupt decisions in the history of boxing and it just outraged so many people donald trump senator john mccain who would and you think about it who would have thought back then mccain and trump working on the same thing and who would imagine decades later that donald trump would be the president of the united states i will raise my hand and say that i i thought he would be I I said this to President Trump at the time, that in my opinion, the only way you won't be president one day is if you don't run. I knew if he ran, he would win. I knew it 30 years in advance. It was just obvious to me. And I think he's going to do it again. Let me start on this terrible news overnight. It was about 5 p.m. last night. Unsuspecting people ambushed while walking on a trail i guess it's a walk path in raleigh north carolina five people are dead two are injured and again the suspect is a white teenager now we made a big deal out of that the last time something like this happened there is something going on that this is time and time again the typical profile of the assailant So there's something about that, and we're going to have to do something about it. It's not making guns unconstitutional or anything stupid and draconian like that, but we have to do something about it. I don't know what it is, but we have to do something about it. And I want to agree with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He's been highly critical of the decision by the Parkland jurors. Now, in fairness, it was just one. This one woman held out. And she didn't 
and wouldn't vote for the death penalty for Nicholas Cruz. That's Nicholas N-I-K-O-L-A-S. And so he will be spared the death penalty. My twin brother called me. I said, hey, Don, the decision is in. They're reading it right now. He said, well, if he doesn't get the death penalty, then who will ever again? I said, look, this is the this is the woke, broke joke, America. I said, I'm 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 voting for he's not going to get it. Because you need figure in a jury, I don't know how many people were on this jury, but you need every single person to agree. Now, this this kid massacred 17 innocent people. How could that not, I repeat, not result in the death penalty? But this is the America we live in now. People, parents, they said coming in here today, quote, we thought we were going to get justice. We thought that finally the Parkland murderer was going to be held accountable for his actions. This is Max Schlachter. He's the father of 14-year-old shooting victim Alex Schlachter. And he said, quote, it's so upsetting. Can you imagine being one of those parents and, and you're hearing them read 17 times? The same thing again and again and again. And then one of the jurors just couldn't possibly understand the facts of the case or the law or what should constitute a death penalty sentence. And I agree with DeSantis, who said that, quote, it represents a miscarriage of justice. I don't know. Maybe maybe we have to look at this and say that in certain crimes, it, it automatically, if the jury finds you guilty, it's automatically a death penalty sentence. Now, this I forget how old this kid is. He looks very young. I presume he's a teenager. Even after the time that has elapsed. Between what he did in 2018 and now, he might still be a teenager. 18 or 19, maybe maybe less than that. Let's see if uh, Siri knows. How old is Nicholas Cruz? I found this on the web. All right, so he was nine. He looks very young. He was 19 years old back in 2018. So he's probably. 23-ish. But if not the death penalty in this case, when would it ever, ever be put in place? Quote, he's guilty. Everybody knew it in the beginning, yet it takes years and years in this legal system that is not serving the interest of victims. I just, quote, do not think Anything else is appropriate except the capital sentence in this case. So I was very disappointed to see that. I'm also disappointed that we're four and a half years after these killings and we're just now getting this. They used to do this. He would have been executed in six months. So, look, I I come somewhere in between all that. 
I don't say you have to rush to kill somebody in, in two weeks, but it shouldn't take four and a half years, and this shouldn't be the result. So that is just awful. Here's a funny one for you, and I find it hilarious. And see if anybody else picked up on this. Do you find it kind of interesting that they had perfect HD video of all these things that Pelosi and Chucky Schumer and all these Democrats were saying in real time? Their lives were supposedly in jeopardy, but they're filming all this. They've got a camera crew of some kind. Didn't look like cell phone cameras to me because they usually shoot a thin little strip and then they usually wind up putting other stuff on each side of it to fill up a screen if it's used for television purposes. And it was very steady. So I don't think anybody was holding the camera. So the whole thing It was political in real time. They knew what they were going to do with this. And understand something. If you think all that came out yesterday on the day that those awful CPI numbers came out. If you think all of that happened at the same time, then you, you need to be institutionalized. Call me and I'll help you. Or get professional help. Because there's no coincidence here. No doubt about it. This was set up. The whole thing is a setup. The whole thing is a scam. The whole January 6th one-sided just joke fest. Not one thing they do undergoes any cross-examination whatsoever. It is just one-sided all the way. Let's go to the Republican member now. Yeah, I think Trump sucks too. Let's see what the second Republican member has to say. I think he sucks more than you think he sucks. People aren't stupid. They know what's happening in 25 days. All of this is completely contrived. All of it. And then what? They're going to subpoena Trump? When they're, lo- they're losing their committee in a very short while, good riddance, you stink, terrible. I like how Trump calls it the unselect committee. But Nancy Pelosi, part of the beautiful people, part of the peaceful, peaceful wing of the country, she's talking about, I'm going to punch him out. And I'm going to punch him in the face and, and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy. That's your kind, compassionate Democrats. It's 17 minutes past the hour. We haven't even scratched the surface. I've got so much to share with you this hour. Let's continue. Fox News commentary. Joe Biden, the man who canceled the Keystone Pipeline on day one, is asking Saudi Arabia to stall oil cuts till after the midterms. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. Hi, I'm Lisa Booth for Bishop Gold Group. Are you worried about your financial future as retirement gets closer? All over the country, soon-to-be retirees are fearing for their financial future as markets remain volatile. Bishop Gold Group helps you invest in gold and gold IRAs to protect your wealth and retirement during times of high inflation and wild swings in the market. Secure your future today. 
Contact Bishop Gold Group by dialing pound 250 from a mobile phone and say the keyword Bishop Gold or visit bishopgoldgroup.com. Gas prices are crushing Americans right, left, and center, and our president should be working to bring them down for the sake of the people, not for the sake of his party's political vulnerability. But that's exactly what Joe Biden was caught doing. This week, the White House admitted to asking Saudi Arabia to delay the OPEC-plus vote to cut oil production until after November midterms. Wow, just wow. I guess it never occurred to these Democrats that bowing to foreign and often hostile nations to bring down fuel prices isn't the only option. We could and should be increasing domestic production. But instead, Biden and the green hair environmentalists are doing everything to tamp down on it. This administration is a national and global embarrassment. Everything they do is about gaining and maintaining their power. They don't give a hoot about the plight of the American people. I'm Tommy Laren. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we are back 23 minutes past the hour. Uh, If we can, we will join it in. Oh, no, 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 no. We won't be able to. Let me take that back. We have the John R. Elliott hero campaign uh, in the eight o'clock hour. President Trump is going to address uh, what this committee did yesterday, this fake committee. You know, it's a shame. They they had a shot. I mean, because it's not like nothing happened on January 6th. We've been honest about it. I mean, there were some pretty bad people, but there were a lot of good people, too, that didn't do anything wrong. And they, they've made just being there some kind of crime. Even if you didn't go inside. Look, if you if you trespassed and went into people's offices and did stuff and took stuff, of course. I mean, we're not, we're not like the other side. The other side rooted for crime. People were getting hurt. They were letting them go. They were saying fiery but mostly peaceful protests. I mean, it was crazy. But they've just gone way too far on all of this and been so incredibly one-sided that Trump is going to have a field day with it. I don't think there's any question about it in my mind. So we'll keep you posted. Um, Nine o'clock hour, we've completely dedicated to what I think is going to be powerful and just incredible. I don't know if you've ever had a time in your life where there's something you wanted to do for a really long time. In this case, 30 years. I've wanted, and anybody that knows me will back me up on this. I've wanted to interview Dave Tiberi for over 30 years. It, it, it has every element. See, I love boxing and I hate injustice. It's got every element. And wait until you hear what a beautiful person Dave Tiberi is. All right, file this under the, uh, it's kind of like the Biden files. We need like alien music and stuff because this is really, this cognitive stuff is getting so dangerous. And the media won't cover it or they, they excuse it or explain it away. But in his latest cognitive challenge, President Joe Biden claimed that his son, quote, lost his life in Iraq. Now, remember, Joe Biden, before the cognitive problems, spent a lifetime as a congenital liar. He lied about everything. 
lied about his grades, lied about his rankings, uh, plagiarized. I mean, he's he's garbage. He actually you got to give it to him. He lost his way to the top. It, It is a remarkable story, actually. How you can lose your way to the very zenith. I can explain it. It's it's crazy, but I can explain it, how he did it. And don't forget, if Obama didn't pick him up out of the trash can because he was 1% Joe anytime he ran. But the convergence of the media wanted to get Trump, they hated him. Every speech he would give, he'd take his hand, go left or right and say, look at these people, they're terrible. He would just eviscerate them. They hate him. They hate him more than they hate terrorists who kill Americans. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. They have written about terrorists better than they write about Trump. Here's Biden in action. And incidentally, we've always honored Bo Biden, even though honestly, I heard that he was a terrible person. But anything I ever learned seemed good. So I've always given him the benefit of the doubt, always honored his service, military and public. But he died of brain cancer. He didn't die. He wasn't killed in Iraq. And that's a quote. Quote, I say this as the father of a man who won the Bronze Star the conspicuous service medal and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine, quote, the courage, the daring, and the genuine sacrifice, genuine sacrifice made. Now, Ronnie Jackson, who is the former White House presidential doctor and fortunately, a member of the House of Representatives because we need good people in the people's house. There's a lot of bad people. He said the latest questionable verbal slip should lead to Biden having to take, quote, a cognitive exam or resign. Today, quote, Biden said his son lost his life while serving in Iraq not years later due to cancer. If he's forgotten moments in his life like this, how could he have the cognitive ability to lead the country? This has gone too far. Biden needs to take a cognitive exam or resign. But you know the problem. If he took a cognitive exam, they would lie. They would tell us, they would use it as an exercise to prove he's just fine. But we know he's not. Now, you give this some thought. If your child died of cancer, would you confuse that to them dying on the battlefield? I don't think so. I don't think anybody out there would. And I'm telling you, go try to find this in the media. They will not report the truth about this guy. I mean, look at what they're doing with Fetterman right now. The media is losing its mind. This NBC reporter, and I don't think it should have required courage, but they keep saying had the courage. 
courage to, to what? To say that you met with Fetterman and he couldn't understand what you were saying? This is why I, I told you long ago that, come on, this guy's asking for a teleprompter and he needs the words typed. I said, come on, he had a stroke and it didn't affect his ability to read, but it is affecting his ability to process and understand the spoken word. It's obvious. I'm not, I'm not being unkind. I'm not making it up. But after the break, I'm going to fill you in on how the media, the Democrat media, in all of their glory and dishonesty, what they are doing about this. We'll be back. It's 31 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. Thank you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Yes, it is. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. New Jersey has the world's largest of its kind. I've written the story. Check it out. You got to you got to read it to find out. Margay's Lucy the elephant is almost ready for prime time again, but first a giant shower. And we know about the Salem witch trials in the late 1600s. Do we know if there were witch trials in New Jersey? From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Ann Zarrow. It looks like we have a picture-perfect weekend coming up. The weather will be spectacular for any fall fun that you might have planned. For today, lots of sunshine with a high of 68. Clear tonight, down to 46. More sunshine tomorrow with a high of 69. And a little warmer for Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of 71. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you very much. It's uh, 38 minutes past the hour. The goings-on of the past couple of months are the reason why I said more than three, four months before Election Day that I wish, I think I might even have been at six months out, I said if I could, I'd be willing to forfeit six months of my life. And anybody that knows me knows that I I really treat time very sacred, very precious. So that's unheard of for me to say that. But I can't stand the lies that we have to endure that take place all the deception, all the dishonesty. And finally, finally, people get to vote. And then it's like, oh, how did this happen? Wow, this is really a surprise. This isn't what I was hearing. I mean, I've, I've just seen it all. This, this reminds me so much of 1994. I remember saying every day, I don't know what these people are drinking, smoking. What are they doing? But I know how this ends. The media kept saying it's not a matter if Democrats are going to win. It's by how much are they going to expand their majorities in the House and in the Senate. And they got absolutely annihilated. And really, if if people would be left just alone and and be given 
truthful information, the margin that would happen a victory for Republicans on November 8th would be astronomical. Now, it's still going to be a wave election, but they're doing everything they can to trick the American people. Creating alternative universes, other issues that they're making important that aren't important at all, or certainly not as important as ones they're not covering. And they just go on and on. I said right before the break, let me give you an example. This Fetterman should have been knocked out a long time ago. He's absolutely a joke. He never had a job in his life. He was 49 years old, making a, I don't even know what, a couple hundred hours a week, a living off of his parents, 49 years old. Another loser that somehow is lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. How, how does how does this even happen? And And honestly, has a shot still, which is bizarro world on steroids has a shot to win for reasons such as this let me give you an example a nbc reporter who's the only one and her crew to actually see john fetterman everything else has been a hologram basement you know biden basement type campaign she saw him And they talked with him. And I knew it. Now everybody knows it. This is why he couldn't debate. And he's not debating until still like two weeks from now. Little under two weeks from now because it'll be two weeks before the election. We're at 25 days out right now. I can't wait till this is here. I I actually, as much as I love politics, I know I'm going to despise the next three weeks, because there will be a level of dishonesty from Democrats and their colleagues in the Democrat media, the likes of which we've never seen before. Case in point, I could read you right now. There's not time. I could read you 10 Democrat media reports where they're saying, well, what's wrong with Fetterman needing a teleprompter? That doesn't disqualify you from being a senator. And they're all trashing the reporter and they even have the audacity to say that uh, our reporting uh, shows that he's fine and they're disagreeing with the the woman and her crew that actually were in the room they they never were that's like that's like if we were in a court of law and they put some witness on the stand that wasn't even in the country and they're the eyewitness that's going to convict someone. And you say, well, can I raise my hand? Excuse me. How's that person a witness? That's not even a hearsay witness. That witness wasn't even in the, in the hemisphere. So the media is vouching for Fetterman, discrediting the journalist, and they have never been in the room. I love how she handled it. That that liberal, just horribleness, Savannah Guthrie, uh, a lot of people are saying that, you know, what you said is not true. And she went on to just so calmly say, I'm the only reporter 
that's been in a room with Fetterman, all the people you're referring to, they're reporting they were never in the room with Fetterman. Think about that. This is what it's come to. They lie for Biden. They lie for Fetterman because they know this. If Oz beats Fetterman, Republicans will be in control of the Senate. They know it. And they're going to do everything they can to stop it. That means including covering for someone who is cognitively damaged. He won't release medical records. He will not make his doctors available to be interviewed. He will not be interviewed. The one interview he did is now disastrous. Let's see what happens with the debate. I don't know. Unless I I think he ought to go to Biden and say, hey, Joe, I want to disappear for about a week. Uh, What do they do? What do they juice you up with? What do you get shot up with? What what happens when you go away for a week and then you can kind of put it together for a few hours? I got to get me some of that. I mean, that's what this is going to come to. Look for Fetterman to be basically off the campaign trail for three or four days prior to their debate. But the problem in his case, though, is he had a stroke. It caused damage. This whole teleprompter thing uh, is, I think, going to be exposed uh, in, in in a not good way. And I think he totally, he already has disqualified himself from serious consideration. I believe he does, in fact, get disqualified that night. Tonight's a big night. I'm going to try to watch it. I'll tape it if I can't. Uh, the Yankees were rained out yesterday because, because, of course, I was looking forward to seeing that. But it actually is going to work out better for me because the game is 1.07 p.m. today. I can actually watch if all goes well. Got a few things I need to do. But if all goes well, I will actually watch a complete game today. I can't believe it. It's like a national holiday. And then they play again tomorrow. So when we come back on Monday, the Yankees either will have swept and are on to the American League Championship Series. I think it's going to be Yankees and uh, and the Astros. We'll see. Uh, or it will be Yankees up 2-1. to one, Or Yankees will be down 2-1. to one. I know this much. Only the Yankees can win the series before we return on Monday. So that's a good thing. And I think they I think they have a reasonable chance to just sweep them to win today and tomorrow night. And if not, I think that they'll be up two to one. We'll see. Uh, but looking forward to that. But I do want to watch this Herschel Walker thing because obviously I'm sure the moderator will be it'll be like what the moderators do to President Trump. They're not going to go after. There's so much about Warnock. Horrible things in his background. None of them are even talked about in this campaign. He's going to get to run all the way to November 8th with his horrible past not even brought up. Walker, on the other hand, hey, uh, uh, Herschel, they probably won't even call him Mr. Walker. Herschel, your own son says, I mean, it's going to be 
really tough stuff is my prediction. But he's very relatable. He's got a great personality. And I think he'll weather this and do well tonight. Because they have to disqualify him. Because if Herschel Walker beats Warnock, then the media knows that Democrats lose the Senate. And they're going to do everything. Remember now, that's Supreme Court nominations. That's advice and consent. That's eliminating the filibuster rule and and governing the country anywhere that the Senate has power uh, by the barest of majority, if, if need be. This is hugely consequential. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Yeah, you went and did that. Thank you. 53 minutes past the hour. Well, we're not going to get to nearly, and I, but I think we've brought it pretty well this hour, but we're not going to get to everything uh, because we're going to go to your phone calls right after the top of the hour news break, 609 407-1450. There are polls that I tell you you can trust. Trafalgar is one of them. You will find that they almost always, I'm not aware of any time that they poll unlikely voters. And this is no exception. They polled questions that we talk about all the time. Why the Democrat media with their fake polls they will not poll the right stuff. They poll fake stuff. Then they make they package it into fake news. This is kind of interesting, isn't it? They actually surveyed Trafalgar. How would rising gas prices impact your vote in the upcoming 2022 midterm elections? So it's not loaded. It's not a push poll. They're not legal. It's a very fair and balanced question. Well, 55% said it would make them more likely to vote for Republicans. 32% said it would make them more likely to vote for Democrats. And you are the sick people. Uh, excuse me. Uh, would you like very high gas prices? Yeah, yes, I would. Yes, yes, thank you. Like, I watch these panels, and I'll tell you, I, I hate the end of campaigns. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. They have like 10 people. Hi, look, look at our panel. Hi, 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 hi. We're the panel. Hi, I'm panelist. I'm independent. Okay, now you, you watch them, you listen to them, and they're absolutely Democrats. Uh, the, the panel uh, moderator will say, would you vote for Joe Biden again? Oh, yes, I would. I'm independent, you know. I'm independent, and yes, I would vote for Joe Biden again. So that makes you a lunatic. That makes you very, very unwell. Knowing what you know now, you would do that again. You know my motto. It, it's, it's basically my own doctrine. I forgive anybody any mistake, basically. I can't think of one that I wouldn't. I mean, there are exceptions. And I don't want to get into what they are, but they would be extreme but if somebody voted for Bill Clinton or Barack Obama, you know, or, or Joe Biden, it was a very confusing time. The pandemic, people were afraid. 
there, it was weird voting practices. A lot of stuff was going on. I, I understand that. You, you, you didn't see the basement campaign for what it was. For some reason, you didn't see the mental acuity problems, all of that. But after everything we know now, including yesterday, this person's on a panel today and Joe Biden doesn't know how his son died yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I'm, I'm independent and I, I would vote for Joe Biden again. I'm Mrs. Independent. Come on. Liars who lie about lying. I hate those panels. When that fat face Frank Luntz or any of these other people get out there and they have these 10 or 12 people and you got to listen to these fools, I can't stand it. I, in fact, I won't watch it. And you shouldn't either. It's not representative of anything. We're a country of 330 million people. Who are these 10 freaks? Hi, I'm independent. Yes, I'm voting for Joe Biden and I would do so 100 times. So when you ask questions such as, hey, look at these gas prices. Who, who does that make you want to vote for? OK, and food prices and everything that people are actually truly dealing with right now. So I'm telling you, when you see a Trafalgar, that's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R. When you see the work of the Trafalgar group, you can trust it. They get it right. They didn't have President Trump losing Wisconsin by 27 percent. And then President Trump wound up losing it by like 0.2 of 1 percent. These are the kinds of polls that are out there that Vince Palestina is going to lose to uh, Vince Mazio or that Michael Testa was going to lose to Bob Andrzejczyk. You can make them how if that makes you happy and if you want to try to trick people, fool people and, and, and crookedly put something together that gives you comfort that you can report that something is a certain way when you know it's not, then, hey, go for it. That's on you. But I know this is the desperate attempt to hide from the voters the true impact of these socialist Democrats and their horrifically bad policies that are destroying our country. That I know to be true. This is why the hearings, January 6th hearings and abortion and every distraction. Why can't they run? Joe Biden said he's the most accomplished president after two years. Why don't they run on that? Why don't any of the Democrats run with him? Why, when he comes to their state, they flee? I have a uh, hundred schedule appointments that conflict with this. I've got to go. When's he coming? I won't be here. How do you know? I just know. That's the truth of what really is going on. They just don't want as many people as they can fool. That's what they're going for. It's over. Don't worry. November 8th is going to be a great day for the country. Open Forum begins right now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. How about... From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. TGIF, it's six minutes past the hour, wide open forum this entire hour. We have a a rather important gathering coming up in the 8 o'clock hour because this is the big push uh, before their biggest event of the year, and that's the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for designated drivers walk and fun run on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Bill Elliott and Gabe Stano will join us uh, next hour. And Brother Don Hurley and Dave Tiberi. I didn't get a chance to uh, write back. I've been I've been jammed during every break. I didn't get a chance to write back a friend of mine who was ringside at the um, Tiberi James Tony fight, and uh, I'm aware of that because I remember the fight. I remember watching the fight, and I remember this person uh, right next to President Trump. Uh, and oh, President Trump and Nick Rivas, by the way. They were furious. Both said that they'll never have another fight. All kinds of stuff uh, because it was just so unjust. And my friend reminded me how President Trump was yelling out at um, both Larry Hazard and Jerry Gormley at the time. Uh, Just a lot of uh, comments about how completely unjust the – the decision was just terrible. I, I can't think. I mean, I know that there have been a lot of fights stolen. Meldrick Taylor had uh, a fight stolen from him, uh, in my estimation. No, no question in my mind about that. Been a lot of bad decisions. It's a, look. It's a corrupt sport. Uh, I haven't followed it as much in recent years. I used to follow it incredibly closely, but it's it's it's. Corrupt. I mean, so you're going to get bad decisions because people have money on the table and they want certain people to be champ and they don't want someone to win that they don't, you know, have total control of. But in most cases, they rig the contracts even so that if you win, you're under their control as well. But it's um, just a shame. But get ready for it because I'm telling you in less than two hours, this Tiberi interview is going to be very, very special. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Morning, Harry. Morning. Quick. Yeah. About Fetterman. Fetterman and Dr. Oz. There there was two papers in Pennsylvania that just backed Dr. Oz. One of them was the Pittsburgh Gazette. And I'm not quite sure, but the other one could have been uh, the Inquirer. The Inquirer, I'm not sure 100%, but I did hear it yesterday good well again i'm not aware uh pittsburgh gazette i don't think is kooky liberal i think the inquirer is a liberal newspaper if they've endorsed oz that really shows you how evident it is that fetterman is completely unacceptable i i'm of every belief that oz is going to win that race yeah harry there's a lot of dumb people in this world but there's not that many dumb people. There is. They voted for Biden, but I think there was ballot tampering there. But remember, too, though, uh, if you heard me say this the other day or if you've learned it on your own, the Supreme Court ruled that these ballots that are undated, uh, that Pennsylvania counts, cannot be counted. 
Pennsylvania has said we're counting them. They're going to defy a decision by the Supreme Court of the United States. This is how desperate they are to keep hold of power. So once again, to win, Oz has to win by a lot. Right. And don't you think they're going to do it again? Come on, Harry. I do. Here's here's what I think. They're going to try to do it again. It's not all vote by mail. Uh, It's not the same atmosphere as it was in 2020. They're going to try to do it. I don't think they're going to succeed in doing it. There was a there was a woman in Florida somewhere. I don't know what precinct or district, whatever down there that tried to do that. And DeSantis, they caught her and she actually had to step down. And I don't know if they locked her up or not, but she they caught her. Somehow they they were hip to her and they, you know, they suppressed her. And she's no longer in charge of the uh, the, the voter counting and whatever she does. Good. But long, long story short, look for look for tampering and. Look for Oz to to win, you know, legally, but look for cheating as well. So, well, that's what better, like hey, listen, that's what him. Democrats do. I, I, I'm with you 100 percent on that. That's what they do. He's got no, he's got no business running, Harry. I saw that that interview with that with that reporter. He's gone. He's it didn't even look real. I mean, it, he had a laptop in front of him, or and he just was not there. No, 100 percent. It's like the, it, it's almost like the uh, laptop was speaking, right? Speaking to him, and then yeah. he was worried. Why? Well, it's very possible. Uh, someone actually said this: if he can read what it says, what's to say he's not reading answers on it as well? I, I, yeah, I think you're right about that. It can be done. It can be done these days easily. So they have technology. Rush Limbaugh went totally deaf, uh, and before he had the cochlear implants where he could hear again, they had the ability to the caller or anybody he was interviewing, everything they said was instantaneously transcribed and he could read it in real time on the screen. They, they can they can do the same and more for Fetterman, no doubt. This is true. This yeah. is true. My boy, Miss Rush. Oh, me too. Uh, absolutely. That's why I, I stay close to his brother, as much as I can. His brother is the closest thing we have basically to Rush. He's absolutely brilliant, David. He's not a he's not a talk show host necessarily, although he can he can do it. Uh, but absolutely brilliant and an incredible writer. But yeah, I miss Rush every day. Thank you for the call. Have a great weekend. 609-407-1450 an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Um, I just wanted to say, I, you know, when you we used to call you and call you and say, "Gee, I, I wish you weren't always right, but you usually are." Ninety nine point nine 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 percent. And also, uh, President Trump, who said this would happen, and I'm talking about the renaming of our army bases, etc., yep. yep. um, that have Confederate connotations in them. Andrea, you're going to need like some kind of I don't know what you want to call it a legend or a code. It's going to be um, Fort uh, Pepperwinkle, Buttercup, uh, used to be Fort Meade. Uh, You're going to need some kind of decoder to even understand what they're talking about. But this is their agenda. Their agenda is to dismantle our country, Andrea. And they always have some excuse. Oh, yeah, we can't have these Confederate names. That's not celebrating them. 
a Confederate statue isn't a, a worship idol of of the Confederacy. It's just our history. So yeah, they have to change everything. Yeah, well, here's what I what you know gets my 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 goad right with a D. Thank um, you. Not vetting Muslim soldiers and gangs that go on in the military. Right. And remember, you know, the soldier of Islam, um, and we're not allowed to have Bibles. I mean, they're going to rename the service academies. Uh, one would be like how to sail a boat and water ski. West Point, how to play lousy football. But I mean, and it, you said it too. Oh yes, you said it too, Harry. So. um Gee, I wish you weren't right. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Thank you, Andrea. Bye-bye. Be well. 15 minutes past the hour. We're going to be right back with more of your phone calls. You'll be next right after the break. 609-407-1450. The John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for designated drivers at 8 o'clock. Dave Tiberi and Don Hurley in the 9 o'clock hour. If you don't know who Dave Tiberi is, look him up. I believe the date was February 8th. I know it was February. February 8th, 1992, Dave Tiberi fought the then IBF middleweight champion of the world. That's a 160-pound weight class for the world championship. He beat him silly, and they stole the fight from him. And it challenged the sensibilities of so many people. Donald Trump, Nick Ribas. Senator John McCain. There were Senate hearings on it. It was so corrupt and it took it took Tony 17 years to finally admit it's now been over 30, but it took him 17 years to admit that he lost the fight. And he did. He lost it by a mile. Here's Sean Hannity. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Everybody needs to understand. Let me do this for dummies. The Strategic Petroleum Reserves, okay? They are for national emergencies. Donald Trump filled them to 700 million barrels of oil. We're now at about 350. Joe tapped them because he thinks it's an emergency if the Democrats lose power in Washington. Sure, it increases the supply and lowers the price temporarily. And now he can't go any lower and prices are going up. California's average is over 650 a gallon, Joe. What the hell are you talking about? Progress? If this is progress, I I, I want to go backwards to the good old days. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. War, inflation, and thirty trillion in debt. It's looking like two thousand eight all over again. Millions of Americans watch their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. So call 855-815-GOLD to get a free gold kit and learn how you could get $10,000 or more in free silver to protect your retirement savings. GoldCo has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they have placed over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Call GoldCo today. 
today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's talk station. The next caller who was going to be next hung up about 15 seconds ago. So everybody just moved up. 609-407-1450 if you'd like to jump in. Wide open forum until the top of the hour. First, though, this is Harry Hurley for Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. Rising energy costs continue to be one of the top news stories. It's just a fact. And we might disagree about the solution, but we can agree to make sensible decisions to keep our home energy costs down. Start by calling my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals for their $79 fall heater and furnace tune-up special for new customers. For just $79, Ambient Comfort will check and clean your system. They'll make sure it's safe and running at maximum efficiency. You'll be prepared to get through the winter regardless of who originally installed your system. They don't care about that. They work on all different systems. doesn't matter. Oh, I didn't get it from Ambient Comfort. It doesn't matter. If your bills were too high last year, regular maintenance or a new system from Ambient Comfort may help with rising energy costs when comfort matters. Choose who I choose. Visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com or call 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955 for your $79 fall tune-up special. Tell them Harry Hurley sent you. 609-407-1450. After we take one more call, give me the floor just for a couple of minutes And I want to tell you the incredible, wonderful news for the Martha's Vineyard illegals, what they're cooking up for them. It's so dishonest. It's so disrespectful to those who take seven and ten years to legally immigrate to this country. This Biden gang of socialist Democrat misfits, they are destroying our country. Not by the day, I mean by the second. And wait, oh my God, wait till the election is over and they see they only have a few months. Where do you see the craziness, the stuff they're going to be voting for between November 8th and early January? Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. You're on the air. Wow, man. Boss, listen, this is like taking a four-credit college course this show. I'll tell you that right now. I Thank you. I said to you before. Thank you. I mean, you got to you gotta pay attention to your surroundings, and you do it great. Thank Just you. letting you know that. Appreciate it. Now, look, I wanted to tell you, I lost my parents very early in life like, like you did, mm-hmm. okay? And yeah. I met these people who own the building that I run, and they are CPAs out of Boston, Massachusetts, where I was. You understand I was out of town before, right? I do. And so that, they're like my stepfamily now. You were, at, you were out of town for several months. Yeah, like four months. Hey, uh, by the way, I never asked you this before. What happened to the building that you run when you were gone for all those months? 
Did they have like? Did you have a replacement person? I had. Well, I put my guys on it. Okay. I put my guys on it, yeah. and they covered for me. You had to cover it. I got you. So yeah, yeah. But at any rate, um, they're CPAs. I mean, Bob passed. I was dear friends with her husband Bob, and then he passed, and um, I'm still like family to them. And and I was talking to her on a conference call yesterday. She's looking at another property. There's CPAs, accountants, uh, commodities brokers, uh, uh, stock brokers. That there are a million things. But at any rate, she was telling me. Now this is how dumb the Democrats are. I mean, they're tricky. They're conniving. They are, right? Yeah. But this is. They're not very intelligent. They're not very intelligent. She told me. Mrs. O'Neill told me, my stepmom, she goes, Matt, look, all Biden would have to do, now you, you, you were in finance, you were in banking, you know this stuff. She said all he would have to do is call a press conference and make a statement that he's going to reopen the Keystone XL and the North American pipeline, which people forget about the other one. The North American pipeline, there's two of them be canceled, Okay. All he would have to do is just merely state that he's lifting the restrictions and they're going to start rebuilding it, okay? Not that it would ever happen, and it can't happen in a week anyway, but not that they would ever really intend to do it, but just make the statement that they're going to reopen it and lift the restrictions on it. And OPEC would go crazy, and Russia would go crazy, and you would be jumping for joy. And it would also just create an environment that the policy of the United States is not going to be adverse to energy sector. I would also add to that, talk to your stepmom, tell her that I suggested that she add to her repertoire, not just the the announcement that Nord Stream and, and the, the Keystone XL pipeline and all that. I totally agree with all that, Matt. But in addition, you have to then also say that you're going to bring the different oil uh, folks in and you're going to actually work with them and not against them because this whole notion when we hear Corrine Jean-Pierre and Joe Biden talk about all these oil leases and things nobody's doing anything while this administration is so incredibly adverse to energy and in particular oil so if they actually, even like you say, even if they didn't mean it, even if they just went through the motions, but of course they won't, Matt, because it goes against the radical woke left that thinks that um, we're somehow going to be all electric, even though they never, ever get into how dirty it all is. They don't talk about all the mining that has to take place uh, for the lithium batteries and all of that. Uh, they don't talk about the fact that it's, it's slave labor that's doing it. That they're so hypocritical. And on top of that, how dirty the actual production of electrical energy is right now. It involves coal. And, and here's the other thing. Why are we begging countries that hate our guts for oil that's not as clean as what we can do here. How does that make them these great environmental stewards that they say that they are? So I would get into all of that. 
I agree a hundred percent. I just found it interesting, Harry, and I, I, you know, I wanted to bring it to your attention because when she told me that, I was like, wow, that would make OPEC and Russia very nervous. I feel bad for Europe because ah. Europe's going to have a tough winter. It's good. It's, I mean, Putin has promised it. That's why they're firing up Germany and others. They're firing up their coal plants that they had shut down because they were woke and stupid. Uh, oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be absolutely terrible for them. For us, it's just going to be expensive. For them, it's going to be an access problem. They're going to be cold, actually. Uh, yeah, Putin's going to see to that. Uh, Matt, I want to give you – we're going to do this in a rapid fire. Astros, Mariners, who's going to win the series? Astros are going to win it. Yeah. That, that one kid, uh, he can't he can't stop hitting home runs, that kid. Yeah, it's amazing. And they're just good. They're, they just find a way to win. Like, they had no business winning that first game. It should be 1-1 right now, and it's not. It's 2-0. So I agree there completely. Uh, who will win, Phillies or the Braves? Ooh. I know. Man. That's tough. I'm, not counting, the Phillies out. I'm uh, not counting the Phillies out right now. I'm not. I'm but not either. The Braves are a better team. Yep. But the Phillies are getting hot at the right time. Yeah, well, the Phillies took the home field advantage. So they've got two home games beginning today. I am with you on that. I, I'm not ready to to predict that the Phillies will win because I agree with you that the Braves are a better team. But I said even before the series began, you don't want to play the Phillies right now. And I think they have a a decent chance, especially if they go up 2-1 to one, uh, today. So, all right, so we'll leave that one as uh, dot, dot, dot to be continued. But I'm, I'm also, I'm absolutely not giving up on the Phillies. Yankees, and I, I hate to say this word uh, for a baseball team. I don't mind the word, but I do for this baseball team. Yankees or the Guardians? Nah, Yankees will win that. They're going to win that. They're, they're, are, are they going to sweep, meaning tonight and tomorrow when the series is over? Is there, Or is it going to take them four or possibly five games? The Guardians might pull one out. We might be talking about it on Monday, but I think I, I, you're going to win that series no matter what. Yeah, I think they'll be up at least two to one when we come back, and I, I'm with you on that as well. Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, who's going to win? Eagles. And who do the Giants play? Eagles are going to win. We got a uh, tough game. We got uh, Baltimore. Who's going to win? Week. Who's going to win that? Um, I think the Giants are going to take it. Yeah, I, I think I think I the Giants. The I think the Giants are going to win. Also, Baltimore's always tough, uh, well coached, and they're always you know in it. But the Giants, uh, there's something about the Giants this year. I mean, they're a solid four and one team, and uh, I, I think the Giants have a very good chance in that game. The coach, yeah, Gable. Yeah, definitely. He's awesome. Hey, Matt, this is good. Uh, We'll see what happens. We made a lot of predictions there. We'll see what happens. I'm going to say that the Phillies at least force a five-game series and that the series goes back to Atlanta. That's at worst. They're going to win one of these two home games. Do you agree? Yes, they're going to win one of the two home games, no doubt about it. They're going to they'll win one. They're hitting good now, and they're pitching good now. Yeah. So they're getting hot at the right time, unlike my Mets, who they faltered me again. They but, just seem to – and I'm not going to call them chokers, although by definition, if you don't play well when it counts the most, you sort of get that rap. It just went bad for them. I mean, and the Braves got really hot. To win 101 games – and have to play in a wild card series is is cruel. I mean, it was terrible 
on its face. And then they were the same record as the Braves. So really, they just needed to win one more game and they would be playing right now. And I, I would like their chances. The Mets-Phillies, I think the Mets would be a harder team on the Phillies than the Braves. There's just something about styles make fights. And I think that would be definitely tough for them. Uh, oh, yeah, wait. By the way, I want to hear this uh, Tiberius thing with you because I was also at that fight. Well, Tiberius... This is... I can't... Look- I, Matt, I'm telling you, whenever you've had something that's 30 years in the making, I can't wait for this interview. I wish it was right now. I'll be tuned in, boss. Hi, I man. appreciate the call. Yep. Thanks for your time. You All too, right. man. Have a great day. 34 minutes past the hour. Phone lines first time this morning are clear. We have to break for just a little bit. If you want to jump in, 609-407-1450. I haven't forgotten. I want to tell you about Martha's Vineyard. Uh, this is amazing what they want to do. They're, they prove once again, these socialist Democrats, how incredibly dishonest they are. I'll back those words up. Incredibly dishonest. I will prove it in mere minutes. Don't go away. Your call's first, and I'll get that in. You'll be up next, and you'll be up right after that. Don't go away. We've just got to go away for a few minutes. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. New Jersey has the largest of its kind in the world. We've got the story. Check it out. Margate's Lucy the Elephant is almost ready for the revival, for the renewal, for the um, reveal. But first, a giant shower. We have that story. And Salem witch trials of 1693-ish are famous. Were there New Jersey witch trials? From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It looks like this weekend's weather is going to be really nice. Be sure to get out and enjoy it, especially since next week looks like it'll be significantly cooler. For today, lots of sunshine up to 68. Clear tonight with a low of 46. Sunny again tomorrow, high of 69. And a little warmer for Sunday, mostly sunny, high of 71. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Healthy life. Hey, it's Tom P. Join me for Rack and Fin Radio tomorrow morning at 5. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Tom P. 609-407-1450. And it's hard to believe that's tomorrow. This week has flown by. Start your live and local WPG Talk Radio 95.5 lineup with Tom P. at 5, John DeMassey from 9 to 12, Carmen Murata from 12 noon until 2 p.m. right here. On the station that plays the winners, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you, and we know it. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. Just off topic uh, regarding the witch trials, I remember... The old rickety film projectors back in the, they had the canvas scroll down uh, thingies where you would project the uh, film onto it. It was it was rickety, but you could actually hear and it was audio. It was audio and visual was good enough that you could actually see and hear what you're what they were trying to present to you. So that was uh, back in 
the 70s, and they had a, they said it was actually political. The Salem witch trials were actually political. Um, there was, it wasn't people that were actually guilty of witchcraft, but people that were accused of witchcraft because there was political rivalry. So there's a lot of truth there. But also, I heard from generational witches, that being they were born into it, John Todd and Doc Marquis, they said that actually Christians were persecuted as witches, and the witches that were persecuting them were making pretend to be Christians. That's that goes back to uh, the early days of Europe when the Druids actually actually had to go underground with their old religion. But that's another story. But um, that's because the Christians were actually teaching and having Bible classes about the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation says that Lucifer is going to lose in the end, so that's not really a popular book for the Luciferian witch. But that's another topic altogether. But anyway, I'd seen a cameo back in, like, the 90s. It was Harry Reid, and he was leading his, uh, his commie uh, Democrat friends in the synchronized single clap reminiscent of the uh, Leonid Brezhnev days when he would do that with the Politburo. So actually, um, actually since 1980, it was John Coleman who said that actually communists have run the show in the Democrat Party. If you take a look at uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, it was him, not John Kennedy, that had boots on the ground in French, in French Indochina, that being Vietnam. It was, it was him, Lyndon Baines Johnson, a Democrat, who threw a monkey wrench in the, uh, any kind of black middle class ever happening with his great society. It was actually a Democrat named um, James Earl Carter, that actually ceded uh, our Panama Canal into the hands of his Panamanian dictator. Okay, now now they have control of the Panamanian uh, of that uh, of that straight through from the Atlantic to the Pacific. How could we get through with our Atlantic fleet? Because we had an hand, all hands on deck, and we had to have everybody involved. That we had to go take on China with uh, regarding Taiwan, and we weren't able to pass through uh, the, the Panama Canal. We'd be in deep trouble, I would think. And also we have uh, Barack Obama, who gave $170 billion American taxpayer money to the Mullahs of Iran. Because the Shah of Iran, he fled for his life with $100 billion, which was put in escrow. Now, that was, that was our politicians spent that money like drunken sailors, of course. But he didn't pass the hat around to the 435 members of the Congress. No, he took it out of the American uh, taxpayers' monies. So why do people vote Democrat? It just blows the mind why people vote Democrat. But, uh, uh, but like Dennis Miller said, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. But unless unless we can wake up people that our country's being taken over, being sabotaged, actually, by people who are not looking out for our best interest, uh, I just hope that, uh, it's, that what happened on November 3rd, 2020, is not going to be the template for the rest of the decade. Because I'm going to go in person and vote this time. I'm not going to vote by mail. Forget all that crap. I'm going to get in my power wheelchair and go to the library and vote. If I can't vote there, I'll go to the 38th Street Catholic Church. Thanks for letting me call in. You're welcome, Flash. 609-407-1450. I'm going to ask this caller if they would indulge me. I've got to get this break in. If you'll hold in, I promise you will be next. And then I'll hold my comment till the end of the hour about Martha's Vineyard and the illegals and what is going to be happening. Uh, and, and of course, only in Bizarro World, what I'm going to be sharing with you is so outrageous that you're going to believe it can't possibly be true. But understand, everything that shouldn't be happening is, and everything that should be happening is not happening. That's what Bizarro World is. It's inside-out world, upside-down world, opposite world, whatever you want to call it. So right back to your call first, and then I want to share that story uh, after your call. 46 minutes past the hour. The John R. Elliott Hero Campaign, four designated drivers, a couple of days out. From their biggest event of the year. And then we have another huge event. Dave Tiberi and Brother Don Hurley. In a Hurley in the Morning exclusive. Tiberi fought 
James Lights Out Tony for the IBF middleweight championship of the world. That's my Michael Buffer. And he won, but they said the other guy did. We're going to talk about it. Mark Levin. You want less food? Vote Democrat. You want brownouts and blackouts? Vote Democrat. You want more crime? Vote Democrat. You want more lawless federal lawmen? Vote Democrat. You want to destroy the Constitution? Vote Democrat. You want to indoctrinate your kids about sexuality? Vote Democrat. There's a lot of reasons to vote Democrat if you're insane. A lot of reasons to vote Democrat if you hate America. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 51 minutes past the hour. Uh, I, ooh, I hope I didn't reverse these calls uh, because I thought the other one was first. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the uh, equipment. The equipment says you've been holding the longest. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. The equipment is working. No, no. <laughs> ready thought and speech. Yeah. And it's a good day in Atlantic City. You're in sports mood. Uh, you are doing it. A good life. But, Harry, I want to speak uh, on um, um, uh, this disabilities. Okay. And I'm not just talking about specific. I'm talking about the economic uh, preemption of of uh, economics, health, and police regulation. And I give you an actual case here now. I get so uh, a veteran check, uh, it's not a lot of money. Uh, so Social Security took most of that check away. Fine. Uh, I wouldn't bother that. I get a letter uh, saying they've overpaid uh, me. Now, that is not true. And it's not just an individual case. It's 200 some people in this one building here most of them have some disabilities. And what is happening is we will get cheated, uh, say for more than two-thirds of what I get is from the VA, uh, less than one-third, one-third coming from the uh, Social Security. I wouldn't get what I would get no raise. Now, these these people here have kicked in locally here, Egg Harbor Township. Uh, the government is government. Now, you see what's happening. So I've been telling everyone that all the years. See, but when it hit me, but now it's hitting other people. But the bottom line, making it fast, is this. These type discriminations, it, it's bypass. It's worse than racism, preemption, Harry. And the three things are economic regulation, uh, police regulation, and health regulation. And I'm going to leave it at that. And I just want to say is there's nothing more disgusting than that. And many people, uh, they are doing it too, taking the money, opening up new cases because they don't want to pay the extra money they have overspent. And so all this money they're giving to different people, foreigners and so forth, are people that burn out on drugs, and I'm not putting them down. And good, honorable people that serve in the military they are stabbing them in the back. Hey, Willie, I've got to run because I want to get one more call in. I, I don't know if I'm going to get this Martha's Vineyard uh, illegal immigrant uh, piece in. I, I want to do that even if it's in the final minute. But I agree with you completely. And illegals are being treated better than homeless veterans. Uh, it's all broken. It's all messed up. And we've got to do something about it. We can't we can't just keep talking about it. We've got to put people in office that will take action. So I agree uh, with your call entirely. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. 
Thank you for taking my call, Harry. Um, uh, military analysts are in a growing numbers. There's a consensus, apparently, that November, when the ground freezes, the troops that Putin called up are going to come in from the north through Belarus and uh, finish off this war uh, by December, hopefully. But uh, the, whatever increase the Social Security has been the last uh, just now, there, there's going to be a spike in inflation when this when the, the when the war is it's going to escalate significantly. Um, and, you know, when, when the ground freezes, they're going in and it's going to be the, the infrastructure is now a target. It wasn't. They tried to do it in a neighboring country, part Russian, uh, former capital of Russia, Kiev. They tried to do it in a diff- surgical type way. And now they're going to do the carpet bombing thing and take out infrastructure and just get it over with and expect some uh, spikes in your your fuel and your food because that are war related because uh I, or uh, they're also uh, elite people are also buying potassium iodide for them and their loved ones uh, and handing them out to the uh, for for those that think that this is somebody making this stuff up it's true we've been doing a lot of reading about that the um and i don't think president biden helped things by saying armageddon and closest we've been to uh nuclear war since cuban missile crisis i mean he and then his administration immediately corrects him and says nothing has changed. It's so dangerous what's going on right now. But it's true. People are buying those pills. Uh, there's, there is a whole market there uh, for that. Also, uh, the, the issue you raise and the way that you raise it, I think you do it in a sobering way that, that's not alarmist, uh, but not to be ignored. And you can tell. Since Ukraine bombed that bridge, Putin has just been – I mean they're using um, uh, Iranian what are called stinger drones, bombs. I mean they're just bombing the heck out of Ukraine. So yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse before it gets better. Let me do this. Let me jump. I want to get this piece in because I think it, it should be of general interest to everyone in America – Because the way that the socialist Democrats are behaving so dishonestly in every aspect of our lives, case in point, approximately 50 illegal immigrants from Venezuela who recently traveled from the southern border to Martha's Vineyard. And this was courtesy of Governors Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. They are likely on their way to American citizenship. Liars who lie about lying are saying that they were lied to. The illegals were lied to, even though DeSantis has all the paperwork showing that they knew exactly where they were going and they signed to go exactly where they were going. Now, keep in mind, what about the millions that Biden has been flying uh, late at night, busing at late hours all over the country for the past two years? Look at how they lie. This is 50 people and they're going bananas about it. And and stupid people are kind of sort of kind of falling for it. Yeah, this isn't right. Oh, yeah. Well, how about the millions that they've been doing this with. So are they all going to be legal as well? You bet. If these people keep power, you better believe it. It'll be five or six million illegals. 
that shouldn't be here that they will make legal citizens while they still screw all these honest, good people that do it the right way, that have to come here, work here, pay taxes, go back home, come back. They spend seven to ten years. And these criminals, because they're breaking the law, these criminals are in the front of the line getting all kinds of benefits, paying nothing in return. And somehow this is the Democrat program. It's pretty sick. It really is. The John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers is next. Bill Elliott and Gabe Stano uh, will be our panel. And then Dave Tiberi and Don Hurley in a not-to-be-missed 9 o'clock hour. It's halftime, early in the morning. We'll be back. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and this much I do know, this will be time very well spent this hour the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign Walk and Fun Run is literally at hand. Bill has all the details. Gabe Stano is here as well. Uh, we'll begin with Bill Elliott, the chairman, founder of the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers. Bill, welcome to the program. And uh, this is it fair to say that this is your biggest special event of the year? Uh, no question, Harry. It is. And uh, this is our 11th year. And it's, we've had a nice bounce back from, uh, you know, those couple of years during the pandemic when uh, it was tough having any kind of a, a, an event to bring people together. And so uh, we're expecting a good turnout uh, this weekend. And it looks like the weather's going to cooperate. Yeah, you're going to have a beautiful day. Uh, very, very fortunate. Uh, so, Bill, by way of opening comment, uh, how do things stand? Where are you at? A couple of days out. It's this Sunday, October 16th. I know it's 6th Street and the boardwalk in Ocean City. Uh, what what is uh, important to let your listeners know about? Well, we invite everyone to come out and join us uh, for the walk. Uh, we all already have several hundred people who have registered, and we invite you to register at uh, the Hero Walk uh, Hero Walk Run dot org Hero Walk Run dot org or Hero Campaign dot org. Either one will bring you to our website, and you can sign up as an individual, or you can uh, sign up as a team captain. Or you can contribute to somebody uh, if you want to just contribute to a team or in general to the Hero Campaign. All those options are available to you. If you want to register, uh, it's $25 for adults and 15 for kids, uh, for, for teenagers and below. And uh, that goes up by $5. If you do want to come to the event, you can just show up on Sunday and you can register uh, on site. So either way, we look forward to having you join us. And as I said, it looks like the weather's going to cooperate. Uh, we also have a, a whole raft of great sponsors, and uh, they're going to be on our T-shirts, which everyone will get as a uh, 
uh, as a gift from us as, uh, as you register or if you've pre-registered. So just come up to the Civic Center a registration area at anywhere between 9 and 11. Uh, the uh, kickoff for the run is at 10 and the, and the walk is at 11 o'clock. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have face painting and we're going to have snacks and entertainment. Uh, and we're going to have a selfie booth. So the, the kind of fun that surrounds an event like this will be there on Sunday morning. And we invite everybody to join us. It is a wonderful atmosphere. Let's say good morning to a good friend, Gabe Stano. Gabe, good morning. Harry, Bill, how are you? Excellent. Great to be a part of uh, the Hero Campaign all these years. And uh, and great to be a part of your great show. Oh, thank you, Gabe. And as you know, this is a big tradition. I mean, as Bill said, 11 years uh, in the making, and uh, it's an important event. It brings about everything from awareness. It brings people together. It brings survivors together. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to unpack here, isn't there, Gabe? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, Harry, this is uh, very symbolic of everything that uh, Bill... Uh, Bill and Muriel have done since this tragedy happened. Uh, they they have taken a negative and made it a positive. And and when you come to this event on Sunday, uh, you, even though it is is somber in the in 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 the uh, idea that we're that we're walking for uh john and all of the other families that the 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 hero families that that have also lost somebody due to uh uh, drinking and driving or or distracted driving or or uh any of the the terrible tragedies that have happened but when you come you will see all the frenzied activity all the young people that are are just it's just spectacular to see all these young people out there that get it they understand why why they're there and and uh it's just a lot of a lot of fun and then uh everybody gets ready for the fun run to to kick off and that that goes really really well and then the and then the walk everybody gathers for for uh you know to to kick off the walk and it, it it's just so Bill has done this. Muriel has have done this since the beginning. It, it it obviously was a tragedy, but they've turned it into a positive, and it's benefited our entire region and clearly a lot of parts of of uh, the country. Gabe, I'm glad that you mentioned that, and and it really spawns a question to, to Bill because you could have done a number of different things, mourned in private. Uh, been devastated for the rest of your life because it is something it's impossible no one no one that does not know this can even possibly you can say that you you understand but you don't uh because it's impossible to understand it's unnatural everything about it uh a parent losing a child is is just against sort of nature it's against the rules so having said that what brought about your muriel and and i know uh your daughter and what brought about your desire to want to bring this awareness campaign uh, to to the public, Bill? Well, in in uh, w- one simple word, the, the, the answer is John. Uh, John was a giving person. He was a caring person. He was a, uh, a, a very uh, positive, cheerful, fun 
fun person. Uh, he, he loved his friends. At the Naval Academy, he was uh, named the Hero of the Year for his service uh, to his fellow classmates as a human education resource officer. Uh, and he is remembered, and we get comments from his friends, uh, both high school and college uh, friends, uh, academy friends all the time, and how much they still remember him. Uh, they still miss him. Uh, they still laugh and smile uh, when, when they think of him which is a great tribute, and that's what we carry forward into the hero campaign. You know, it's a labor of love, no question, Harry, and we miss John every day, and uh, we still shed a tear quite a bit. Uh, you know, any parent that has lost a child will tell you it's, it's, it's the worst thing that can possibly happen to you. But uh, we couldn't live with ourselves unless we did this because this is John's living legacy. And uh, this day coming up is a day uh, not only of remembrance and uh, a day of uh, honoring those who have uh, lost uh, their lives due to drunk driving. But it's also a day of healing and hope because we believe that uh, we have the answer for a drunk driving and impaired driving and even distracted driving. And that is, you know, uh, A, don't drink and drive. B, have a designated driver. And C, keep your eyes on the road. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody who said, you know, as they go down the, the road driving, if you look into the eyes of people coming at you in their cars, sometimes you see the, you know, their eyes are down as opposed to on the road. That tells you how many people, uh, you know, are doing something they shouldn't be doing, uh, that takes their, that potentially makes them, uh, the source of a tragedy or an accident. So all the above are things that we're addressing and, uh, in, a, in a few minutes, we'll talk a little bit about a new addition to the Hero Campaign programs, which is our DUI simulators, which we think are going to have tremendous impact in teaching young people uh, the perils of, of impaired and distracted driving. I have a follow-up after the break, uh, but I am very excited to listen to Bill. I've seen the um, the item, and I think it's a game-changer. I really think it's going to bring about awareness because when you can, you know, it's, we did it in studio uh, with you. We've done it with Dr. Bob. You put the, the, the you know, the I don't, I guess I'll just say the drunk goggles, whatever you want to call them. And it, it's, it's uh, very interesting how you cannot move about uh, very well at all when you wear those types of things. This simulator uh, takes it to the next level. I mean, you, you feel that you're driving. I can't wait. Uh, until Bill has an opportunity to roll that out here on the program. We're going to come right back in just a little bit. Don't go away with Bill Elliott and Gabe Stano. This is the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers. A reminder, this Sunday, October 16th at 6th Street and the Boardwalk in Ocean City is the 11th annual John R. Elliott Hero Walk and Fun Run. And as Bill mentioned, all the details. They have the separate webpage for it as well, but the Hero uh, campaign.org the hyperlink is right there and you'll navigate right to all the information that you need to know about this sunday's events in ocean city we'll be back in just a moment with bill and with gabe i am early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and 1450 a.m Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's 21 minutes past the hour. Preview show of the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers 
annual walk and fun run this Sunday, October 16th in Ocean City. Much more about that as the hour unfolds. Quick reminder, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, an interview that I've been waiting to do for more than 30 years. I believe the date, I'll have it straight by then, and we wrote a definitive column a few days ago. I believe the date was February 8th, but I know it was February of 1992 because I was there. And I know it was at the Mark Giannis Arena, which still exists uh, within then Trump Taj Mahal Casino Resort. And it was the fight between James, nicknamed Lights Out, Tony, and a relative unknown by the name of Dave Tiberi. Alex Walu, who at the time was one of the big names in boxing analysts and this this kind of work, uh, just thought it was a joke. He thought that Tiberi was a joke. Uh, there were no odds for the fight. It was considered like Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. No odds for that fight either. Dave Tiberi not only took it to the champ, the IBF middleweight champion of the world, uh, James Tony, he demolished him. They had to help him out of the arena, and they stole the fight from Dave Tiberi. My former boss, President Trump, was incensed. Nick Ribas, president and CEO of Trump Hotels Casino Resorts then, uh, said there'll be no more boxing uh, anymore. They, they were bananas about it. So was Senator John McCain. Uh, it took James Tony 17 or 20 years to admit he lost, and he finally did admit that he got beat. And this Dave Tiberi, my brother's gotten to know him. Don will be here uh, with us in studio. We're going to conduct the interview together. Uh, not to be missed. You're going to hear the whole story about what happened. And then, of course, what happened with the rest of Dave, Dave Tiberi's life because that so soured him. He knew he won. He was waiting for Michael Buffer to say the winner and knew. And it, it, it didn't happen. He said the winner and still IBF middleweight champion of the world. And the place went bananas, booing and all kinds of stuff. Anyhow, we'll get to that. Let's continue with this. And my question, Bill, that I teased, but I didn't even say what it was going to be. My follow up is as follows. Knowing where you are right now in terms of the impact of the John R. Elliott Hero campaign for designated drivers, have you accomplished more, you and Muriel, and your program, more than you could have imagined on the day that you launched it? Oh, well, that's a, a great question, uh, Harry. I, I'm, <clears throat> we feel that we have accomplished a lot. <clears throat> I don't think we'll ever know how much we've accomplished other than feedback that we get. Uh, you know, it's tough to measure something that you prevent from happening. Uh, but uh, we do check statistics uh, statewide uh, where we have most of our impact, and, and DUI incidents have uh, have come down a bit. Uh, the problem is that even if the percentage of uh, DUI incidents is going down a little bit, the number of people on the road is going up. So the number of people killed in New Jersey every year due to drunk and impaired driving is about 200. And that's 200 too many. And nationally, it's about 10,000, wow. which is in the, in the same ballpark as the number of people that are killed by handguns. So it's a serious problem that anybody who's lost a child knows is catastrophic. It's not just a social nuisance. 
it's a, it's a real national tragedy and one that we can avoid and prevent. And that's what the hero campaign is about. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, the event that we're having on Sunday is a day of remembrance. It's a day of, uh, it's a solemn day. It's a day where we have a banner that pictures, has pictures of more than 20 uh, people that have been killed, all for the most part young people, including our son. And, uh, you know, the families that have lost those children come to the event and, and pay tribute to the people that they've lost to their loved ones. Uh, at the same time, it's a day of, it's not exactly celebration, it's a day of healing, I would say. But if we're celebrating the fact that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that we may whip this thing at some point, if people understand that all you have to do is have a safe and sober designated driver, whether it's a friend or it's Uber or a cab or or anybody, uh, just don't risk drinking and driving, uh, then we will have accomplished a great deal. Yeah, I liked everything you just said. Uh, I second it uh, strongly. And it is, isn't it encouraging, Bill, to see that the trend is that uh, it's improving? It is. And, and we think it's, uh, it's a function of uh, what we do and what uh, other organizations do. It's, it's really a matter of enlightenment. And that, <clears throat> that brings us to, and let me, let me also mention, uh, you know, in addition to the walk, this weekend we have a fun run for those people that do like to run. And uh, the sponsor of the fun run is Foster Carney, which is a wonderful organization. It's, uh, it's part of the Masonic Lodge in Ocean City, and they've been big supporters of our campaign uh, from the very, very beginning. So we're delighted to have them uh, as, as our sponsors for that particular event uh, on Sunday. Uh, but getting back to, uh, you know, what, what people will experience when they come to the event, uh, one of the things we're going to have is a display uh, or a demonstration of our new DUI simulator, uh, which is part of the answer to your question about impact and, you know, what good we think we, we're doing or, or have done. We uh, mentioned it earlier, but uh, we, we are now moving into the area of uh, helping high schools teach their driver's ed students uh, about the perils and dangers of drunk and impaired and distracted driving with a new computerized desktop DUI simulator, which, as you said, is a game changer because it puts students behind the wheel where they literally drive. It's, it's via sort of a video game format, drive down a street in a town and experience what it's like because there's one of the modules that exaggerates their uh, their responses when they're trying to drive. So it simulates the exact feeling and the exact uh, uh, way that uh, their their uh, their responses are are distorted by drink drinking and driving. So that as they uh, go down and if they if they swerve, if they go through a stop sign, if they hit something, un- unfortunately, uh, it the police come. If they're hurt, the ambulance comes, and there's pre-recorded uh, video messages that you're, that literally simulate somebody coming to the scene, interviewing you, seeing if you're okay, putting ma- a mask, uh, an oxygen mask on you, and and taking you away. And the, the kids 
Uh, we we debuted it this this week at Egg Harbor Township High School, and uh, the kids that were interviewed said, uh, you know, man, I, I you know I, I never realized how much this can change your life if if you get in an accident and you've been drinking and driving. So to that degree, I think we are going to have tremendous impact, even more so going forward. Bill, right, hitting your mark right on time. We're going to take the bottom of the hour break. We'll come right back, Gabe. We'll get you right back into the flow on the other side of the break, approaching 30 minutes past the hour. This is the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers radio program. And Bill and Gabe are promoting a lot of things. I'm so excited about this simulator. I think it has great potential to be such an incredible teaching tool and to encourage people when they see that it's like whoa we won't be engaging in that kind of activity look at this you know to be sober and see what it would be like is um really i think a sensory almost overload but you're absorbing it uh with total control of your faculties so it allows you to process the gravity in a way that you wouldn't if you were impaired i i think it's I'll repeat the phrase. It gets overused, but I think it fits in this example. It's totally game-changing for those reasons and and reasons that I'm sure I'm not even qualified to mention. But that comes to mind some of the things when I first saw it that I thought, wow, this is really um, a great thing in general and a wonderful thing for the Elliott Hero program. The John R. Elliott Hero campaign for designated drivers, 11th annual walk and fun run this sunday sixth street and the boardwalk in ocean city back with bill and with gabe in just a few minutes i am hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 south jersey's number one news talk radio station all because of you and we know it we thank you for it powered by the all-new bet parks new jersey casino and sportsbook app betparks.com this is the town square new jersey info and weather network and it's still me harry hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on our wpg talk radio 95.5 app new jersey has the largest in the entire world of its kind check out my story it's up margate's lucy the elephant is almost ready for the um the return the the shrink wrap is going to come off and and everything is almost ready except the giant shower that's going to take place and we have an interesting story about whether there were witch trials in 1730 in new jersey from the town square new jersey info and weather network i'm chris coleman for chief meteorologist dan zaro it looks like we have a picture perfect weekend coming up the weather will be spectacular for any fall fun that you might have planned For today, lots of sunshine with a high of 68. Clear tonight, down to 46. More sunshine tomorrow with a high of 69. Then a little warmer for Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of 71. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Second half begins now with the John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers. Today appearing on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline, we have Bill Elliott, chairman and founder. Uh, Muriel, Muriel Elliott, also uh, chairwoman and founder 
of the organization as well. And Gabe Stano, who is a very, very longtime friend, even though he's very young, uh, with a very quaffed beard, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. You're still wearing that very quaffed beard, beard, correct? I am. I, you know, we, we always try to uh, look extinguished if we can. Well, you're pulling it off, Gabe. You look like a professor, possibly a university president. If you put a pipe in the corner of your mouth, forget about it. It could be next level. Uh, I, I think I've seen you with a cigar in the victory pose on an occasion or two. Gabe, let me ask you, uh, what about the John R. Elliott Hero campaign for designated drivers has given you the um, the desire to be a part of it from the beginning until right now? Well, obviously, my, my friendship with, with Bill um, goes back before uh, this tragedy. And, and uh, it just so happened that our kids uh, were at, at the same age. So whenever we would get together, we would share uh, stories about uh, my older son or my daughter and my middle son. And Bill and, and uh, would would tell me all about John and Jenny and and we, we just we had a great time sharing all of their adventures and all of their uh, their, their, their 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 accomplishments. And then this tragedy drew us together even even closer because uh, as soon as I heard it, uh, I was heartbroken for my friend and wanted to be a part of of this heroic effort uh, but Harry what what I what is the most fantastic thing that came out of it for me is I watched the changes in attitude not only in in all the people surrounding certainly myself I, I'm not as, I'm not proud to say that when I was younger I would go out to a club and have a few pops and then get in the car and go oh, okay that um, that is something that I saw through my kids and this tragedy. They would go out and then either call me to pick them up or take Uber or just leave their car there. And when we, when we lived in Longport and they were going to the, to the clubs in, in Margate, they would walk home. Uh, it, it changed attitude. It certainly changed my attitude and so many of the people that I know all have designated drivers now or um, they they take advantage of um, uber or or cab uh, it, 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 it and that I believe has saved lot, plenty of lives so uh, I know bill says that it's very difficult to quantify and it is but there is no question there is no question especially in our region that the hero campaign has made a profound impact on on the attitude of, of all the people in our area. Yeah, and a quick follow-up to that, and I'm going to turn it over to Bill to comment. Uh, number one, I'll accept the generally accepted principle that it's hard to to quantify or qualify a life that's saved because where do you draw you know, that fact from? Uh, although I will say, and, and Bill, you can comment on it, the Stockton survey certainly provides you, maybe it was anecdotal evidence uh, prior to that, but that provided empirical evidence about the program directly playing a role. But there is no question that the numbers have changed and they've changed for the better. And actually, you, I believe that the John R. Elliott Hero campaign 
for designated drivers has done the hardest thing to do in life, and that is to change behavior. Because what Gabe said, a lot of people listening right now, we 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 we've said on this program in the past. I mean, in the nineteen what sixties, the whole storyline: uh, Otis was guarding the jail, the drunk was guarding the jail that they didn't even lock. They made a big joke. Foster Brooks was a comedian that made a whole career out of pretending to be drunk. People didn't think anything about drinking and getting behind the wheel. And then other people that weren't drunk didn't do a whole lot to stop that person. It would just be like, hey, how's that person going to get home tonight? So, Bill, the culture and the societal evolution has dramatically changed, hasn't it? Well, it has, uh, for the most part, uh, Harry, and and uh, I appreciate Gabe's <clears throat> Gabe's comments about changing attitudes with young people. Yep. Uh, and we have done a survey. We did a survey with Stockton University, uh, the uh, Hughes Center, uh, did a poll of eight over eight hundred people in the Atlantic, Cape May, Cumberland area, and found out that forty percent. Uh, Became designated drivers because of our campaign, and of that uh, group of people, uh, about half said it was due to uh, the the hero campaign, uh, and uh, that's a good sign that that shows that we are making progress. And when people were asked uh, how they found out about the campaign and what they'd like to see the campaign do more of. Uh, they said billboards uh, were one of the biggest ways, and those little stickers on the cars, believe it or not, that you see all around town, uh, including on uh, state police cars. Uh, but more than that is the, they said we ought to be doing more with students. They, they encouraged us to be doing more with schools and colleges, and that's what led us to this uh, latest development where we have this simulator, which will be on display, and, and people can try it out. Uh, we hope that people will come and, and take a look and see what it's about. Uh, and we got that to a grant from Honda, and we are applying for, for another grant this year to to uh, add one. That's going to be the one we have is going to be taken around to various high schools by representatives uh, Bob Clark and Wayne Shelton, work for the South Jersey Transportation Planning Organization, which is affiliated with the, uh, the South Jersey Transportation Authority. And uh, they're going to be taken into into other high schools after we're finished at uh, Egg Harbor. And uh, if the reaction so far from the kids at Egg Harbor Township High School is uh, is going to be copied uh, and repeated elsewhere, uh, it is having great impact, and it is a wake-up call for kids. So we're pretty excited about that. Bill, follow up. Uh, I'll put it out there now, and we'll talk about it after the break. Is that the biggest breakthrough uh, in the, I think maybe in the entire history of the John R. Elliott Hero campaign for designated drivers, and that is the younger buy-in, because you know older habits sometimes are very very challenging to to change, but if someone learns correctly from the beginning, which is what I believe has happened because of this program, whether it's in high school or even pre high school years. And certainly with the um, the inroads that you've made at various colleges and universities, it changes the whole game, I think. And I, I don't think that's a repeat question. I think it's 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 a it's a nuance. It's a it's a whole separate uh, thread of the conversation insofar as what they do now when they go out. 
and if they are going to imbibe, that they have they have a plan, whether it's Uber, whether it's somebody that doesn't drink that night uh, and so on. Uh, maybe a comment on that. And then we'll get right back to because we're going to be in our final segment to promote what's going to be happening this Sunday in Ocean City, the 11th annual John R. Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers Walk and Fun Run on the Boardwalk in Ocean City. Back with Bill and with Gabe and yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM from the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back, and it is my pleasure to apprise you that today at 4.30 on our sister station, 97.3 ESPN, the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Atlanta Braves. The series comes home. Phillies did what they needed to do. You want to win at least one. Then you take the home field advantage, which they've done. Now they have the next two games at home. Uh... Game three in a five-game series is pivotal. So today is huge, and you can catch all the action right here on 97.3 ESPN-FM. That's 97.3 on your FM dial. Bill, I put out the um, the the comment from me. We'll see if you – and please, if you disagree, uh, not a problem. Uh, but I personally observe that over all these years – that we can make the case that the breakthrough with the students at all ages, all age levels in all different schools, high school and or college, I believe is the biggest impact that the John R. Elliott Hero campaign has been able to achieve. Your thoughts? No, I think you're right. I think we're bringing up a whole new generation of, uh, of young people who, uh, as Gabe mentioned, I've grown up with the notion that you don't drink and drive and you always have a designated driver if you're drinking. After all, we're not anti-drinking. We're not anti-fun. We're just saying be reasonable, be sensible, be safe. And that's what the Hero Campaign is about. And that's what Sunday is about. And we hope everyone comes out and supports the, the notion that, you know, as Muriel likes to say, we found a cure for drunk driving. It's called a designated driver. And by the way, I'd like to uh, thank uh, all of you, uh, Harry, for your support, to Gabe for his support over the years, and all our sponsors uh, who w- will be uh, acknowledging and recognizing at 1030 on Sunday uh, for, for all their support. Uh, but i also like to thank uh, my wife, Muriel, and our daughter, Jenny, for all of their help and support uh, as, as we built this hero campaign in memory of John. So... Uh, that's something that we think about and I think about a lot as well. Uh, in addition, I want to mention that we also are going to have a parade of the hero patrol cars that we have <coughs> generated over the past few years, uh, starting with Ocean City. Now we have 12 uh, hero patrol cars that will all be on display uh, at the event and uh, come and take a look at those as well. They have the hero message on it. They have the hero logo on it. They're They're beautiful. Uh, the latest ones from Linwood and uh, Ventnor uh, really stand out. And, and uh, as the others, they are driving around town. Uh, if you go through Longport, you can't miss the Humvee, uh, oh. the Hero Humvee right by the tennis court. Fantastic. Uh, so, Bill, Bill, aren't they, from a community standpoint, program standpoint, if you will, they are amazing identifiers, aren't they? 
Well, yeah, it represents uh, a lot of things. It's it's moving billboard, uh, so people see them and get the message. But it also represents our wonderful partnership with law enforcement, uh, who stand a hundred percent behind uh, our efforts to prevent, uh, to keep people off the road if they're drinking and driving, because obviously. Uh, laws and click it and uh, not click it and ticket. That's the other one. But uh, over the <laughs> over the limit under arrest yeah. can't do can't do everything. Police can't do everything. They need our help, and so we are really honored to be a partner of law enforcement in this effort. Bill, how effective has John's law been, and the follow up to John's law? Excellent question, and uh, that's something we could even talk about in a future show, yep. uh, Harry. Uh, it. it now accounts for 35,000 car impoundments every year in New Jersey. That means that uh, John's law says if you are arrested for DUI, your car is impounded for 12 hours. And uh, the police don't have any wiggle room. They don't have to use their judgment. If you're, if you're under the influence and you're arrested, your car is impounded for 12 hours. So you can't get back behind the wheel, which is what happened in the case of our son's death. Uh, and uh, we're pretty proud of that and proud uh, that uh, that was passed so quickly. And uh, Senator Gormley, then Senator Gormley and Frank Blee and Ken Lefevre were instrumental in getting that passed. Uh, and that, we're very proud of that as well. It's something that you don't see, but it's there every day. And then there's John's Law, too, right? It sort of codified or added to it? <clears throat> well, that's another, that's another subject as well. That allows police to impound or to detain the driver for up to eight hours so that they can't get back behind the wheel while still drunk. Uh, but each town has to pass that law. So it's a permissive law, which means uh, uh, the cities are allowed to pass an ordinance enacting that, whereas John's Law 1 is a requirement. Every police department has has to impound cars. But uh, detaining the drivers is a different issue, and some uh, police departments, a lot of police departments, don't have jails. You mentioned Otis and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. the, the famous show, the Andy Griffith show and so forth. Most police, small police departments do not have uh, uh, jails, literally. They, you know, they would transport somebody to the county jail. So uh, only, unfortunately, only six towns in New Jersey have passed ordinances uh, allowing for the detainment of a drunk driver, uh, him or herself. I'm proud to say that Summers Point is one of them and was the first. Bill, final minute, closing comment about Sunday. Well, I'd like to ask Gabe uh, what, what the day means to him, what he thinks about when, uh, and unfortunately he won't be with us on Sunday, uh, but he'll be with us in spirit. But Gabe, what, what does the hero campaign, uh, uh, hero walk mean to you? Well, it, it, it obviously it means life. It, it it reminds me of what you told me so many years ago. One of the goals to uh, with the Hero Campaign was to make designated driving as automatic as putting on seatbelts. And and I think that which you, you all know was not automatic until it was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, and 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 I think that. Sunday's demonstration, Sunday, this event uh, brings out all of that. The feeling that, that so many people are going to experience of uh, brotherhood and, and what have you at this event. And it, and it will immerse, I'm, I 
challenge everybody to take a look at this simulator. Yes. Uh, while they're while they're there. It is incredible. Part of that. Gabe, we're at the finish line. I've got to jump in. Bill and Gabe, uh, all best wishes. HeroCampaign.org for all the details this Sunday for the big event. Don Hurley is here, and Dave Tiberi will be here in just a few minutes. It's going to be a great hour. See you, gentlemen. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. As I've been mentioning in the run-up to this interview, uh, I've been... Looking forward to doing this interview for more than 30 years. With Tom Cantone, we had some of the best seats in the House. You know, just it was the positions that we had at the time for President Trump. The scene is the Trump Taj Mahal Casino Resort, one of our sister properties. Tom was a a senior vice president of all of the Trump properties. And we used to be together all the time and our listeners know, Dave, that I was responsible as the, the senior hotel executive for then Trump Castle Casino Resort by the Bay. So Tom and I were at the castle and we took a limo over to the Taj Mahal, to the Mark G. Edis Arena. And we're going to see James, quote, lights out Tony and Dave Tiberi have this fight that I don't think a lot of people were taking very seriously. It might be much like Buster Douglas when he knocked out Mike Tyson and there were no odds even on the fight. And we watched this fight and you're just winning every round. And so we're we're talking to each other and we said, there's going to be a new champ. Michael Buffer is going to say the winner and new middleweight champion of the world, Dave Tiberi. Now, Dave, welcome to the program. You just knew you were going to hear that, right? Yeah, first of all, Harry, thank you for having me on the show. It's it's always exciting. Uh, my my uh, grandmother lived in Pleasantville, New Jersey, so I have some strong New Jersey wow. ties, and uh, and so this was home turf for me. Uh, you know, we as you know, we sold we sold out the Taj Mahal. Yep. Uh, I say we because we had such strong support from Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware mainly, and um, so not only me, but I felt like. We did it. We we as uh, we as a team because everybody was we had so much support behind me, and uh, and I remember in camp, Bernard Hopkins studied tapes. He emulated he emulated James Tony to a T, and so everything that James the first couple of days it was very frustrating. The first three four days were sparring, and Prince Charles Williams would get in there, light heavyweight champ, and he would push me around, and uh, so by fight time we knew that. We were going to shock the world. James Tony's just coming off uh, some big wins, and he got the biggest honor that year, which was Fighter of the Year, which is like the Super Bowl. Uh, any fighter, pound for pound, fighter that receives that award. So we knew that we were going in against a giant. And but, but I also know um, it's you know I've been in a lot of fights that you go in to slay the giant, and so we knew with the right fight plan. I'm smart enough guy to realize if I stayed in my fight plan that uh, we could we could dominate this fight and win it. And Marty Sullivan 
he said, I'm, we were offered Roberto Duran. We were offered um, Sugar Ray Leonard prior to that fight. And my trainer said, Dave, if you beat either one of them, they're going to say, well, they're on their way out anyway. So that's how we ended up getting the fight with James Tony when they, when they offered it to us. But to, to your question, when we backed him up and we realized that he didn't know how to back up when he fought, and we just continue to have good chin, I have strong stamina, just continue to stay on his chest, don't let him breathe, turn it into a street fight. Um, I was. At the end of the fight, I thought I, I won. No, the first round with that big shot, all right, the champion, gave him, gave him that round. And I realized, all right, Dave, stay low. And, and so we felt that we had, we were out punching him like six or seven punches to one in and, and each round. But then when the decision was announced to your question, it was, uh, it was pretty devastating. It was, it, you know, I never questioned God, but I did say, God, you could, I remember being on, and when he, when, when, he, when he announced the decision, I said, God, you could have used this in so many ways, not realizing this many years later that God has used this in so many ways. We're going to get my twin brother in this in just a minute, but here's the question I've been waiting to ask you for 30 years. Because when you get robbed, and you got robbed, I mean, I know that even James Tony knows, and he didn't have to wait. He waited 17 years or 20 years, whatever it was. He's now admitted that you won the fight. And those just joining us, Dave Tiberi, uh, who beat James Tony on February 8th, 1992, at the Trump Taj Mahal Casino Resort in my late great friend, the Mark Giettis Arena, uh, which is still, I'm proud to say, the Mark Giettis Arena because Jim Allen is a great, a great guy and also a former Trump senior executive. And he knew Mark um, very well. And he kept that 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 arena is still bearing his name all these decades later. Here's my question to you, because you got so just unbelievably robbed you never fought again did you no um it was one of the hardest decisions i ever made in my life i had it i had a baby at home and uh i just remember talking to my wife and, and i said angel i just have not i i don't feel like i'm, I'm being pulled in that direction right now. i feel like what just happened they, there was no interest uh, of the New Jersey Boxing Commission to talk about it. it, it the IBF didn't want to talk about it. They were pretty much, if you if you want to fight if you want to fight again, and the matchmaker for top ranked boxing even said, he goes, I remember I still have the quote, if the kid doesn't get with the program, he's out. Wow, it's like get yeah. with the program. Like you have to accept that you dominated and won the title. And they stole it from you in a very peculiar decision because they didn't just steal it from you and make it close. These two judges who shouldn't even have been judging the fight. And, and I say that because they should not be judging a fight in New Jersey because they weren't supposed to be allowed to judge a fight in New Jersey. How do they wind up with this lopsided score that really is the margin that you won the fight by? But they're telling you two out of three judges that you lost the fight by this wide margin. So it must have been it must have been really hard to take. Then on the other hand, the money would have been there for a rematch. And so you, it seems to me self-evident and I feel like I know you through my twin brother. You're a beautiful man, you're a principled man. Uh I understand you would have fought Tony under the um the the one uh caveat that you be announced as the champion, correct? You know what, Harry? I found this interesting after, right after the fight, and and I'm going to say I'm going to use my my uh, my ministry side, my outreach side. On my um, um uh, it was 
when the decision was announced, uh, we, I, was, I was shocked. Didn't understand why it happened. And then Mr. Trump, he came into my locker room with his, at the time, wife, Marla Maples, and, they, and he said how disgusted he was. And he did. He, I think it was six months, he shut his casinos down to boxing. That's true. And he, he, took, he took a stance for a good while. And my friends were like, oh, he still had fights. I said, yeah, but he, he gave us enough time to be able to get the Senate hearings underway and, and, show, and send, a, send a message that we're not going to tolerate this. And so it was, it was pretty interesting because within the next day, I said, you couldn't have wrote a better script that U.S. Senator Bill Roth was the only senator in America that could launch an investigation. He happens to be from Delaware, and he runs the subcommittee on investigations, uh, that department in Washington, D.C., Within days, I was in like maybe two days, I was in the U.S. Senator's office in Wilmington, Delaware. And he said, he said, I'm really not the boxing fan. My wife, who's a federal judge, Jane Ross, he says she was disgusted on that decision. And so I felt like then, Harry, I felt like I was being called to be the one to step out because boxing, you know, one fighter used the term slave industry. says the fighters would be, there's a lot of illiteracy, so they're being used as pawns. So... I just felt like then the fight had, now the gloves are coming off. Yeah. And I remember within a short time period, I met with Dan Renzel, the subcommittee on investigations uh, director. He's an attorney. And he asked me to help read depositions because he said some of the fighters couldn't read them or, or even even write. So I did realize the problem was even deeper than, the, than that fight. And so as we continued to read the depositions, when he interviewed the New Jersey Boxing Commission and, and the IBF, um, they, that's when he found out that the two judges in New Jersey were unlicensed. Well, I've been boxing since I was five years old. With two judges are unlicensed, then you go to the licensed judge. And you know, hard to heart, it just sounds odd to this day. I still believe that New Jersey has a right to overturn this decision. I don't care if it's 30 years later. Their rule books. I agree. And I, I really believe they're being affected. They're being affected by it in Atlantic City. And I, I think because. This is one situation. I think Atlantic City Commission does a lot of good things. Yeah. But when you look at things like this, it happened on their own rule books. And I and and to your your point earlier, so the two judges were unlicensed. Then I'm reading I'm reading the information that he presented me, and it said that the referee Palmer was considered green and incompetent to do a championship fight, and he deducted a point without a warning. Those things happened, which totally swayed a fight my way because the only light then it just goes down to the licensed judge. The licensed judge, very reputable, Frank Burnett, gave me the fight 117-111. That's, that's what the fight was. I scored it. That's what the fight was. You won by at least six rounds. Don, I promise, because he's the fighter in the family. I'm a lover. He's a fighter. Dave, I don't want to get my younger twin brother, my identical <laughs> twin brother, mad at me. But this is the question that I've been waiting 30 years to ask you. And I think it would only come over time because it's impossible to accept when you know you won and you know. That's why I love this title of the book, The Uncrowned Champion. You are the uncrowned champion. If you didn't say it, I was going to say it. That It's still not too late to reverse that decision. You should be named the winner of that fight. It then would create in your history that you were the IBF middleweight champion of the world. Then Michael Buffer, who I can get to, will record all of that that should happen. And then you'll have that for your scrapbook. But on a serious note, and I was sort of serious with that, even though it sounded cute. uh, Now that you look at this more than 30 years later, is this almost a good thing that it happened? Because if you're the champion who knows how long you stay in the sport, we know what happens 
after the accumulation of of the punches and things. You 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 come before us today, Dave Tiberi, full of your sense and faculties, incredibly articulate, very successful in business and industry, successful business owner. Was this a blessing in disguise? Don, I it's really hard. It gets me emotional. Um, I walked around and, and, and I was, was my brotherhood. I, I, I walked around with the legends and, and that we all spent time with each other. And we, it was a fan experience was the whole goal. And so I did my best to, to, to arrive at every VIP party during the Hall of Fame. And, and, and Ray and his team did a phenomenal job. Yeah, and and I started talking to some of the fighters, and I'm like, wow, I was supposed to fight him. I was supposed to fight him, and we were all in the same circles. And there's a handful of the fighters that had speech impediments. They're they're struggling, and, yeah. and so on one side, they 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 got they got paid well through HBO and and, and pay per view, and and I felt like at that time God God was using me as a voice. But I think that that was I didn't realize when I said I I challenged God in the ring that day. I said, Lord, why? How could this happen? I mean, this could have been used for your glory in so many ways, not realizing now I get fan mail from fighters, not from the fans as much. The fans always say that, but the fight, the fighters from all over the world, the UK, and they ask me questions and their financial literacy questions, like issues that they, you know, should I, should I get a man? Well, get a, what kind of manager should I be looking for? And these are things that, you know, you don't think about uh, because we're one of the only sports that does not have a national commission, and that's yeah. a big concern. Yeah. And so I've been approached by some some management groups saying, Dave, would you – and I told them, I said, I don't know if if the sport would, is ready for me yet to be a national commissioner because I'm going to implement some good, solid rules for the fans because every fan deserves a fair fight. The fighters shouldn't have a say in who he fights. The manager and promoter shouldn't have a say in who – you got it. You've got to work with everybody as one and, and pick the fights because that's how these fighters are getting hurt to getting overmatched. Yep. And so there's some things, some rules that get put in place. But so that, to that question, Harry, if we don't start addressing these things, then ultimately who loses in this whole situation is the fans. Yeah, no and doubt. Also- Dave, hold on. We're going to get our first break in. We're going to come right back. We've got the whole hour and we even have six minutes uh, into the next hour right before Brian Kilmeade. I've been waiting to ask you that question for over 30 years. What an honor to present you. I want to thank Don uh, for making it possible as well, for meeting you and the time that you spent together and your trust uh, that we would give you a fair interview. There's no question about that. I do want to share something that I know Don knows. Dave, of course, wouldn't know this. I interviewed Jackie Callen a number of years ago, and it was prior to James Tony admitting that Dave Tiberi beat him. And it was a very polite interview, but I always knew I had to ask the question. I had to do it. Anybody that knows me knows I don't cower from asking the right questions and the tough questions. So it was it was pretty soft. And, you know, I was talking about whatever she was talking about, a new book and some things and her career and and all of that. And it was all impressive. I said, Jackie, out of nowhere, I, but I knew I was going to lay it on. You don't really believe that 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 James Tony beat Dave Tiberi, do you? You you can't possibly believe that. And she said, "Oh, oh yes, I do, Harry. I do believe that." I said, "Well, you're the only one. Well, maybe two, two of you. Nobody believes that." And I so I was aggressive, um, and I pushed it, uh, and they stuck with that story. But I do want to ask you when we come back, and I want to give Don an opportunity uh, because I don't want to dominate this interview, Dave. Uh, to, to talk to you about what he wants to talk to you about. But 
in terms of when James Tony finally admitted that you beat him, did that you knew you sometimes in life, I don't care what, you know, you don't have to admit, you know, you, you know, they had to carry you out. And I walked out with, you know, with, with in total control. Uh, everybody knows you won that fight. Did it matter to you that Tony finally admitted that you beat him? And I also have to get into and Don, maybe you take over when we come back. I want to have Dave have the opportunity to talk about what was it like after not seeing each other for over 30 years to be together on the same stage, you know, and hugging it up and having the picture. Was that cathartic? Was that important? I, I just think it's it's really historic. We continue with Dave Tiberi and Brother Don Hurley right after this. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. Dave Tiberi. It's 28 minutes past the hour. Early in the morning program with Brother Don and with Dave Tiberi, who on February 8th, 1992 defeated the uncrowned champion defeated James Tony only to get robbed uh, at the at the announcement of the decision uh, in something that's still 30 plus years later people remember and it got everybody from Donald Trump to Nick Ribas my bosses as as um, Dave Tiberi said in the opening segment uh, Senator Roth of IRA fame the Roth IRA. Uh, it got him up in a hurry and also Senator John McCain. Don Hurley, uh, your turn to play. It's so great to be with Dave TNT Tiberi. Oh, I love that. And, you know, uh, and Alex Wallow agrees with that, right? Now he, he does now. Yeah, he and did. It was he so didn't. great. He didn't then. It was so great, Harry. I got to talk with Dave, you know, over this past weekend, which was just sensational. The uh, sixth annual Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. I always tell people if you want to have a great weekend, share in memories and experiences with these heroes, these fighters who give. There's no other sport, Harry, where the athlete gives so much of themselves. Yeah. And there you really won't isn't. see more champions in one location anywhere in the country no it's the greatest event outside of the boxing hall of fame itself you yeah know, the national international boxing hall of fame atlantic city just keeps getting better ray mccline samad hawk his team everybody that, that puts this together they're working on next year already harry a couple well, yeah, of days later that's how, so, that's how you be great but you we got to talk you know and and what was so great you we were all at the fight i mean dave's in the yes. ring of course but we're in in the corner and I was watching uh, and listening to Alex Walu, who I always loved as an analyst with ABC Wild World of Sports. This is going around the world live, and this is unfolding, and people are just shocked what's happening. Round what Dave, after round. Yeah, what Dave Tiberi yeah. is doing to James Tony, who, as, as we said in the beginning of the interview, he's the fighter of the year, Harry. That's yeah. like, you know, yeah. like Dave said, this, the Super Bowl of boxing. Yeah. This is the fighter of the year. He beat the champ when he was in his prime. Oh, he was absolutely peak. Yeah. And so uh, the point I'm getting at is Alex Walu started – I remember because I didn't know Dave at this time. 
but he looked game. I mean, you, you look at certain looks and oh, yeah. fighters he, he faces. Was Dave Tiberi was ready for this fight, and that was obvious. He was unintimidated. And I remember talking to my buddies who were working the detail. I said, man, this guy, he came to fight. This is not, you know, a token challenge. And so then the fight goes on, and Alex Walu says, well, you know, Dave Tiberi's not much of a puncher, and I'm watching him hammer this guy. I said, well, what does he consider a punch, you know? I'm looking at this. He's pummeling the champion. And finally, as it went on, I heard Alex, and I walked by, and he says, you know, Dave Tiberi, not known as much of a puncher. I said, well, uh, James Tony disagrees with you, Alex. Yeah. Just to let you know that. Yeah. It's real time. Oh, yeah. He's getting <laughs> you know? beat up. I said, James Tony does not agree with you at this juncture. And that's exactly what I said. And he then went and said, uh, Dave Tiberi is a nonstop punching machine. And that's what I'm getting at. I wanted to kind of wind it up. Dave, you were so prepared, so strong in this fight. And you beat James Tony in his own game, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was interesting because uh, the camp when Marty Feldman, my trainer, he had a, a champions prior to me, and, and Marty when Marty talked, we talked on the phone. He said, "You know, it's you're going to have a difficult night with James if if you get caught up high, you wait on him." He said because James likes to punch and rest. James will sit in front of you and he'll counter you and he'll drive you nuts, and, and ultimately he'll dissect you and bring you down. He said, but we're going to fight his own game. He said, we're going to get Bernard Hopkins and Prince Charles Williams and Stevie Little. We're going to make sure that they watch tapes to how James fights. And he said, Dave, we are going to shock the world. He said, we're going to back him up. It's amazing. Dave, you actually won this fight in your training camp, didn't you? The training camp, everybody around me, even the fans included, I mean, is. As Mr. Trump said, you could. The room was. You could. It was even hard to hear my trainer in the corner because the room was so loud with just the support. And so, but the camp itself. I mean, Bernard Hopkins sat at ringside. He we were so dedicated. We were like brothers. I mean, we. He was uh, one of my biggest supporters, and for him to spend the time to watch the tapes of Bernard. I mean, of of um, of James. And he would he would sit in front of me because, as you know, when you watch tapes. That's not that's not Bernard's style. Bernard does angles and all, but Bernard has to he had to he had to be vulnerable for me. So he was getting caught with shots he usually wouldn't get caught with because he was emulating James Tony. So I just I just knew that I had to stay and I'm a pretty disciplined guy. I had to stay disciplined and I remember the first round, Marty kept saying, When you punch shit, don't get caught up high with him. That's how you knock Michael Nunn out. That's that's well ultimately that's how you knocked Holyfield out is when he catches you, he catches you up high with that left hook, he said, it's a danger zone. So first round, I, I, I was getting off, and, a, and I stepped up a little bit. He caught me with the left hook, and it was pivotal. That left hook was pivotal because it didn't – it put a cold feeling down my back, but it didn't stun me. And I thought, all right, I just took his best. And I think he realized that I took his best. And I come right back the very next round. I was on his chest, and I continued with the fight plan. And so – I say that for your for your listeners as well. I mean, things happen in life. You, you get, you know, dealt a bad deck of cards. But I had a choice. Is you know, I could have, you know, crawled under a rock, or I or I could fight for what's right. And so, uh, when Senator Rolf joined in, and then Senator McCain, Senator, uh, Senator Biden, and they all worked together by part, with bipartisan support. And it was interesting. One of the senators said, senators said, "I won't mention his name." He said, "Tiberi, you," he said, "It is so good for you being in the sport of boxing because." 
the, there's a lot of fighters that can't read these depositions and they can't tell us the language in the gyms at all. There you so go. There you go. I was able to share a lot of good information. Dave, let's get, let's get the break in. Uh, I, we ran long in the first segment because I didn't want it to ever end. I, I'm just so interested in your story and uh, really honored to have the opportunity to be a part of this interview. Uh, Don, you'll continue with your next line of questioning. And then I have one that I think is also definitive that I want to get in when time permits. We have until six minutes past the top of the next hour. Visiting with Dave Tiberi, the uncrowned champion with Don Hurley. I am. Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. It's a privilege to present Dave Tiberi. If you're just joining the program, I encourage you, when Chris Coleman uploads this program today, you need to download uh, this interview with Dave Tiberi. It's definitive in nature. It's been awesome. And again, it's been a privilege to present Dave Tiberi, the uncrowned champion. He's a champ. Uh, and they do need to fix that. I, I may try to uh, to work on this project. I mean, somebody has to step up and do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, Tony admits that he got beat. I mean, they shouldn't let something like this stand. It's, it's terrible. Well, and you know why? And when you think about it, because people say, oh, you know, I talked with a, a, a Boxing, really great boxing mind, a boxing judge, still active, so I won't say his name. But uh, the the thing is, there's never been, in at least the modern era, a decision as bad as this. So when people say, Mel- well, you Meldrick know, Taylor got ripped off. Well, that was terrible, too. That was awful. Because that, 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 when that Richard Steele stopped that fight. That's a referee stopping, and you always have that safety, the fighter thing you can fall back on. But, Except the time was such that he could have just let the bell ring. Well, he should have known that. But, ring, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, how many fights have resulted in a full-blown Senate investigation? One. Oh, no. So when I talk to people and they say, well, you know, this opens up, you know, if we award Tiberi, even if I I agree with you, we award Tiberi this title that he should have had 30 years ago, it opens up a can of worms. And But no, this, no, this case is, you know what this is, is so uniquely this, different. It's an exception. It's, it's, a, it's a universe of one. Exactly. So there's no exception here. It's a universe of one, and it's doing the right thing. Exactly. But you know what's so great about boxing? And, you know, people, it, it's so interesting where i love the sport i've always loved it um some think it's brutally barbaric others call it the sweet science you did so, you did retire undefeated at one and oh that's true one sanctioned yeah. yes nine unsanctioned fights that's yes. true so you didn't get robbed you, you won a decision th- yeah well but you, sometimes you got to because i was losing that fight too if yeah. i looked at the scorecards that i would have lost that fight without the that's knockout. right you knocked him out i knocked him that's out right. so uh yeah, it was a hometown. You thing. were going to lose that. I would have lost, and yeah. I, I was shocked to find out after it was over. The the one judge who I my trainer knew said, "Hey, it's a good thing you, you knocked that that dude out." You, you, know, you were going to lose. I said, what are you talking about? You could have commiserated with Dave Tiberi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What year that, was your your Rob job? At that a that was uh, nineteen seventy eight. Okay, so I would have started a, a Senate investigation. Yes, you know, you would have got <laughs> as far as Dave Tiberi though. <laughs> but no, all right, you get the next question. Yeah. So hey, Dave, you know we talked about you know the, God has a plan for all of us, and certainly he had a plan for you it took you in a different direction you expected but the uh what starts out in in sort of a you know an unjust decision the disappointment of all that leads to the muhammad ali reform act in boxing some years later so how does that feel i mean you know when you think the impetus of all that 
was the hard look that you helped them take a look at and the state of boxing at that time. So you are making the case, Don, before Dave answers, without Dave Tiberi, there's no Muhammad Ali act. No, and not just... Which I agree. And not just the fact that it happened, but that it happened to a special individual like Dave Tiberi. Yeah. Because he had an ability, Harry, to communicate, to to get through. Imagine the labyrinth of Washington. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? So it, yes. it's, it's very true. That Dave, doesn't happen. Dave, what are your thoughts about that comment? Well, it was, um, first of all, that's kind. Thank you. I I worked very closely with, um, towards the end, it was mainly Senator McCain. Yeah. And uh, Senator McCain's a big boxing fan. And I understood the political side of it because we were in conversation about the Tiberi Act. And they said, well, the problem is with the controversy surrounded it. Anyway, and it was, a, it was very, I mean, their, their strategy to get it passed, I thought was brilliant. Ten years later, President Clinton signed. But, the Ali, the having Muhammad Ali's name on it helped us leverage it, leverage the uh, to get it, I guess get the votes they needed to push it through. And uh, is it a watered down version? Yes. Is, is there something in place? Yes. Um, but it's a very tough industry to 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 crack. Like right now, they they don't want you know. I, Don King said it best during his during the hearings in his deposition. He said and it really bothered me a lot, and I highlighted it. He said. How do you say there's? How do you say um, I'm breaking rules when there is no rules? There you go. And and I just and that was appalling to me actually. But um, this is why the sport needs to go to a new level. So yes, getting the Ali Bill pass was was uh, was very humbling. It was exciting, but there still needs to be more to get done. Here's what we're going to do. Management decision here. We're taking our final break now so that we have 15 minutes uninterrupted when we come back. Don, I'm going to get the next question when we come back. All right. And for me, at least, it's, I believe, one of the definitive questions to pose to Dave Tiberi. If you're just joining the program, boxing great, uncrowned champion, Dave. Don, when you said TNT, I loved it. That's it, man. Dynamite. TNT, it's it's true. Uh, Tiberi is our distinguished guest on the Hurley in the Morning Hotline. Uh, we're talking about a lot of things. We're, of course, we're talking about February 8th of 1992 and, and Dave Tiberi being robbed in, in the biggest injustice probably in the history of the sport. There have been a lot, of, a lot of corruption, a lot of bad decisions, but this was so obvious. It's real, isn't it breathtaking? It's hard to cheat as much as they cheated to take this decision, wasn't it, Don? Yeah, it, it just... it, it, it totally was implausible boggled the mind the place went crazy as yeah. you recall how yeah. we were there and you i know. i mean i was and i had I, I didn't tell this today but don knows it i had donald trump on our show uh not long after the decision and he re, he reiterated i had nick ribbis on who was the president and the ceo of trump hotel and casino resorts at the time and he said there'll be no boxing uh at trump uh hotels ever again and i remind everyone uh Mr. Trump had Mike Tyson exclusively under contract. I mean, we we were the fight capital of the world. That's right. And so for the fight, not Vegas anymore, Atlantic City was, and and in, and in particular, Trump. So to say there's not going to be any more fights was extraordinary. But that's how outrageous, how unjust this was. I'm going to follow up on that when we come back. Dave Tiberi, Don Hurley, and his slightly older identical twin brother (laughs) early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and 1450 a.m wpgg atlantic city wenj hd3 millville a town square media station 
When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 52 minutes past the hour. We continue with Dave Tiberi, uh, the uncrowned champion, middleweight champion of the world. They just didn't say his name, but he did win it. And Don Hurley. Dave, here's my question to you. It's more than 30 years later, and it's my understanding that you and James Tony had not seen or talked to each other in over 30 years, if that is indeed correct, what was it like being back with him on stage, taking the photo that we we? In fact, Don, did you send Dave the article that I wrote about him? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. Uh, I want to make sure that Dave has that. Uh, what was that experience like? Had to be something else. Well, we we arrived we arrived at the uh, Hard Rock at on Friday night about four o'clock. My wife and I and we we it was a lot of fun. We saw a lot of the fighters coming through and and um, then that evening we had our first VIP party and it was very it was very tense. Yeah, everyone. I was talking to Michael Spinks and others and we were all chatting. And James arrived a little late with his wife. And as he came in the room, the room. My friends were like, the room went silent. It was really odd. And so I, everybody was looking at us. And then my, my doctor friend, Dr. Carrillo, he got somebody on me. I said, Doc, let it take place. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I said, I'm not forcing anything. And I said, as far as I'm concerned, I don't have a problem. So if, it's, if it works out, it works out. But I, I don't want to force anything. So, so this went on for probably a good hour. And my wife... She was walking around the room saying hi to people, and so she went up. She's not shy. She says, hi, James. I'm Angela. And he said, hi. And then she said, I'm Angela Tiberi. And the look on his face, I think. Was... So <laughs> then he, he went outside to the mezzanine area, and he was overlooking the, the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And um, then Ray came up to me, and Ray said, hey, this would be really good if, if you two can get a chance to talk. I said, Ray, I, that'd be great. So I finished the conversation, went outside, and... Next thing you know, I was joking about the paparazzi. It was like so many people that came out with us with cameras and all. And um, so uh, I, I took James's left left arm and I put it up by my chin. I said, I remember that left hook, that left hand from the first round. I, I you know, a chill on my back. He started laughing. He goes, Yeah, that eleven round after that was kind of tough. And so <laughs> we turned it into a joke, having a lot of fun. And uh, and then the next day, you know, th- that was that was nice. And then. You know, we were all talk- we were both talking to a lot of other fighters, and then we ended up. I saw how God works. We ended up se- seated across from each other, from leaving the flagship and coming back to Hard Rock, and we started loosening up a little more and joking. And um, then uh, 
it was good building up to the because what happened on the stage that night when we when we uh, we went nose to nose uh, yeah. and we went nose to nose and then we hugged. It was it was not staged at all. I remember behind the stage, Ray and the team said, "Hey, this might not be a bad idea for you to walk out there." And because I was joking, I said he ought to go up on stage before I go. We always joke about being main event, you know, because <laughs> I once I, I, how the order was for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jane, I was the second or last speaker, and James was the last. So I was joking about James ought to go before me. And, and <laughs> that's uh, true because Ti and To that if it's alphabetical. Well, no, he's the real champ, is what we're talking. about. I got what you're saying though, <laughs> but even alphabetically, <laughs> true. <ahead>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was totally organic, I, though. I, I Dave is right. Stage. Oh, that's funny. So then I go behind the stage, and then I uh, when after James spoke, the announcer said, "Hey, thirty years ago, something happened here." And same, the same, you know, the old Taj Mahal, and he went on, and and then um, I walked in the center of the stage, and we went nose to nose. So the crowd went crazy. It was a lot of fun, but more important to me is sportsmanship. That there's people in that audience. There were some young, I, 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 some young teenagers came from Delaware, for example, and they needed that we needed to be an example of, you know, they, James had nothing to do with that decision, um, you know, so. The proper thing to do, and I know in my heart, the proper thing to do was make sure that anyone, the fan base, that they got to see two guys that are one above the fray. Do I still think Atlantic City, I mean, New Jersey Boxing Commission, I think that, you know, it's like in the biblical times, in Israel times, during the biblical times, they, when people turn your back on God, you know, you get reprimanded. I really believe that until this situation straightened out in the New Jersey Boxing Commission, with that decision on their own rules. Hey, I've seen a lot of controversial decisions, but my point, I, I told you, I got half a million dollars and 3% of pay-per-view, and they said that would be about $2.5 million, $3.5 million. And that was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. I turned down. Mm. And, but I said it was only strictly on their rule books. Their rule books said in New Jersey that judges specifically have to be licensed in their state. Um, and if not, they're null and void. So that means you go to the license. And that was my whole point to this day. And that's why... I always felt like there's there's an emptiness there that that that, that the only ones can fill that now is the New Jersey Boxing Commission to make the right decision. Yeah, maybe and it's time. Because, books. I'm sorry, Dave, but maybe 30 years later, yeah. maybe it's time. You know, you have and and you know it's interesting how life works. But you know, Tony admits he lost the fight. We know, you know, you know, uh, all the facts are on the table. It was investigated by the Senate. It, maybe three decades later, it's a good time to revisit this and maybe see if they can get it right this time. Well, D- Dave, what does what would that mean to you if this wrong was officially righted and corrected and you were installed as the middleweight champion of the world and they reversed the the loss and it's now a win in your column? What would that mean to you? It would it would um, I, 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 I I'm on a state board of the Boys and Girls Club here in Delaware. We have over 40 sites. We serve 36,000 kids. Wow. When I go out, I tell the kids to stick by your principles. And I, and I do this in corporate America. I spoke at DuPont, Discover Card. And I tell them, no matter what, I tell my, I, this is my 30th year in the police academy. On Monday nights, I train the police. I tell my recruits, always stand by what's right. And, you know, and then I had to live it all these years. And I could have took money against Roy Jones, James Tony. Everything became a money issue instead of a right and wrong issue. And so I... And my heart of hearts, to your question, to my heart of hearts, if 
New Jersey does the right, if New Jersey Boxing Commission does the right thing and we work together, it's going to send a message not only to boxing all over the world that, look, things, you know, I always believe with, you know, with Satan means the bad, for bad, God always turns to good. And this will allow us all to shine a light on boxing in a good way. And, and so when I go out and speak to the kids and others, it's a, it gives me a stronger message to go out and say, see, you know what? It was 30 years before I got something that I justifiably earned, but I didn't get. But I stood by what was right. And so to me, it's a platform for me to be able to help others with that message. Take this in the best way. I mean this in the best way. Because had you become champion and you should have, who knows you know, how many great championship fights you would have had and how many of the greats you would have been able to defeat. Because I think you could have beaten all of them at that point in your, in your career in the shape that you were in and the fighter that you were. So I mean this without knowing what we can't possibly know because it didn't happen. Is it possible that you're more famous and that you have been able to have more impact for having lost that fight unjustly than if you had won and become champ. I would agree with that. I, I think that the, um, from the media, when something happens in boxing, <laughs> I always get a phone call, uh, that's controversial. Yeah. And, um, and I know it's, it is hard decisions for judges and referees most of the time. Uh, but I, I do believe that, um, and I'm going to pull an old friend of mine, I, and I, I fell in love with this guy, the champ, Joe Frazier. Oh. I, remember, I used to have Joe Frazier come to Delaware and speak to kids for me. And Joe Frazier said he was sitting with a congressman one day in a Wilmington office, Wilmington, Delaware. And, um, he, and, they, and the congressman asked Joe Frazier, he said, if you could change anything about boxing, what would it be? And he went right after the safety of the fighters. He yeah. said, whoever that person in the corner is. And he said, what do you mean by that? He said, they're called a trainer. He said, having a good trainer, you're going to have a lot less injuries and a lot less problems in boxing from a safety perspective. I mean, it was just just things, being able to, um, you know, listen to legends like that and just, you know, so profound. And, and I and then people ask me that same question. And I also say the same thing about judges and referees. There needs to be a vetting process uh, and and it needs to be more scrutinized. And I don't care if if it's controversial, like the NFL right now goes to the replay. Go to the replay of that round. How many how many punches were landed? Yeah, exactly. And, and there's ways you could do it. The technology. I, I'm a technology guy. In a technology, you could do it with that. I mean, there's so many ways you could you can improve uh, what you're doing. And boxing has boxing is still operating, and uh, in a lot of ways, in in the ancient days, where today the technology allows them, I think, to go to a new le- they could go to a new level. That is a very good point, Don. You know, I had the uh, great pleasure after Dave was inducted into the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. I interviewed Dave for Telemundo Television and Jorge Restrepo in, in Atlantic City. And uh, he, I'll never forget, he said to me, you know, when you look at the whole thing, no one has to strap a belt on your waist to know that you're a champion. I love that. I do, too. I think that's fantastic. It's great, Dave. Congratulations to you, my friend. Uh, you're a Boxing Hall of Famer where you belong. And what a weekend we had here in Atlantic City. We got to get people, Ray McCline and everyone with the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. It is the event in boxing. Uh, they're doing so much good, Harry. Restoring boxing, or I should say restoring Atlantic City to its rightful place as the mecca of boxing. Yeah, that's a really good point. 
We have about two minutes, two and a half minutes left in, in our time, and I would love the opportunity, Dave, to wel- welcome you back. I would like this to be that we had an interview, but it wasn't the only interview that we will ever do, and and uh, would love to meet you um, sometime. I think you're a very special man. In in terms of the whole situation, what is something that you would like people to know about James Tony, Dave Tiberi, that you would like to close with? That um, James Tony's going to go down probably as one of the best fighters in history. He moved around weight classes. He won multiple titles. Um, no one could ever take away uh, the the talent, uh, how, how much talent that guy has, James Tony has. And uh, and so even as much on my side as, as when that happened with the Hall of Fame, I, kudos to Ray uh, in, the, in the committee. Uh, they, worked, they worked their hardest to, to make sure that boxing is always put on a high level. And uh, and that just proved it uh, with with us being inducted together, and so um, I think if we if, if uh, James myself uh, and others, um, you know, set set the pace right now and, and be those role models. But to your question is James Tony. Uh, I would say, um, you know, I I saw a side of James Tony uh, at the event that I've never seen, and um, and it was I think for both of us it was good closure. That's awesome. What did it mean to you? And I forget it was like 17 years into do it or close to 20 years. So like 10 or 13 years ago, whenever it was, when uh, James Tony admitted that you won the fight. Did that matter to you? Did that mean something to you? I I did. So when when people were sending me clips, uh, I think it was HBO when he was being interviewed by HBO. They, that, they leaned over with the microphone and um and I and I and I said with no, no disrespect, I knew that. 30, I knew that. At the time <laughs> there you I go. And, and you're you're a very modest person. I knew that when, yeah. when after it happened. Yeah. And yeah. I said, but I said, I you know I do respect that he you know I did I did say this. I said I knew I, I respect that he um, that he said that, but at the same time I knew that right after the decision. Uh, you know, and um, I had to come to peace, gentlemen. I had to come to peace early on yeah. with the whole thing because if not, it would drive you crazy. The music is playing, so we have to go. I, I'm left thinking about an expression that I truly believe in. They say, man plans and God laughs. I believe it was God's plan for your life to go the way that it did. If you had won, you would have been a great champ and you would have defended the title and you would have had probably a long boxing career, have taken a lot of punishment uh, and you wouldn't have done all these things that you've done for the sport. I think things turned out the way they were supposed to. Isn't that weird? But it's probably true. Yeah. No, I, I, I firmly, I, I totally agree with that because when when this all happened, I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, shut the door you don't want me in and open the door you want me in. And that door did stay shut. There you go. And so, and, and if, you know, and, and I, you know, I felt like I was going from his leading and, but you couldn't have wrote a better script yeah. if 